Seems as though I've lived my life on the bad side of the moon. Just stir your drags and sickness still without a rustic spoon. Now come on, people, live with me where the light has never shone. And my hornets flock like hummingbirds, speaking in a foreign tongue. Kissing my life, kissing my life, kissing my life, my life. Kissing my life, kissing my life, kissing my life. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 52, Mackenzie Weger of Behind the Bench. How is everybody doing uh, today? Boys are back. Uh, we will be chatting. The boys are here. Uh, Mason is off on uh, special duty, um, so he won't be uh, with us here today. But we do have Roberto and Tommy in the house. Episode 52. 52 episodes into this thing is wild. We're tuning here. It's... Um, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. I've I've lost track of the days here on Reading Week, but Wednesday. Yeah, you're thanks, good. Thanks, Wednesday you're appreciate it. We're on Wednesday uh, here, Wednesday night, and we're we're just it's about ten thirty ish right now, and uh, looks like things are getting a little serious over in uh, Russia and Ukraine. So um, tense times over there. Just. Uh, yeah, I had to plug that in before we get started because that's like breaking news as we're here. Um, so that's wild. Um, anyways, back on to the episode, back to the intros. Tommy, what's up, buddy? Not much. How are you guys doing? Doing great, man. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I don't even know what else to say to you. Al. Like it's one you can say about this pandemic and it's kind of like blowing over and it's almost basically done. And then this, this war thing is happening now. I I almost need both you guys to fill me in because one, I don't really follow this much and I've decided to not watch the news as much just because it's very depressing. And ever since then, there's like sort of a war going on now. Is that, uh, is that basically what I'm hearing? Yeah. It's, it seems like we're headed that way. Uh, the, the last news headlines uh, says Putin is, uh, putting a, a special operation um, in Ukraine's eastern uh, region. Yeah. Okay, so what, like, triggered this whole thing? Roberto, maybe you know more, like, Putin just got pissed off and he said, I just want to conquer the world? Like, It's all, it's all territory, baby. It's all money, territory, okay. um, but type stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy. But other than that, I am looking forward to this weekend. I'm going up Friday afternoon with uh, a guest on the show, or he wasn't really a guest, but he was like the insider of the show, Zach Matheson. So I'm going down to see Brett play this weekend in Western. Was, was, was an insider of the show? I would say is, is an insider of the show. Was your Blue Jays correspondent. That's yeah, right. no, he is see, our Blue Jays correspondent. I think that's when my dad cues St. Charles English right there. I meant to say is, but was just came out of my mouth. But anyways, I'm looking forward to that. This weekend in London's going to be fun. See some hockey. You know, it, like besides just coaching our team, it's going to be good to see see other competitive hockey. Um, what else? What else we got? My lease suck. I got the Marner jersey right now. I got the ring like kicking. Thanks to Roberto. Roberto says, your light for Zoom lately has been awful. So I was like, okay, what do I need to do? He's like, purchase this ring light. So I got the ring light kicking. I got a haircut today. Like life could be worse. Life could be worse for Tommy right looks now. Nice. I got to be honest with you. Thanks, you man. Jim calls me. Uh, what do you call me, Jim? I will, we'll save that for offer. <laughs> save that for offer. 
Um, I thought you were going to say it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, it, basically, it's, uh, if you don't know, uh, the leader of uh, North Korea, that just we'll take a look <laughs> at it and then take a look at Tom's haircut. It looks the exact same. Uh, Roberto, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not much, boys. Uh, missing boys put in a shift tonight, uh, filling up a custom job for a client. No free ads except in February. Um, so we, uh, yeah, we started pressing today just after work and then finished, uh, probably about 20 minutes before, uh, we hit record tonight. So shout out to the boys, Taylor and Eric, uh, but been busy with missing busy with work. And I am very happy as an Ottawa resident this week. It is quiet. It is great. Downtown is opening and life is good right now. I got to say that life is good. Positive vibes. So yeah. How about you, Jim? What are you saying? Good stuff, Roberto. It's good to hear the missing boys are working hard. Life is starting to turn around in Ottawa. I'm happy to hear that. My end, everything is good. Reading week, uh, it's it's been pretty busy. Uh, guys, we had a hockey game. As uh, so Tom and I have been coaching, the kids had a four and four last weekend. It's four games in four days. And uh, Tom. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was, I was on mute. What was that? I was, I was doing the na-na-na-na goodbye <laughs> for the tracker convoys. I couldn't find the song perfectly when Roberto was talking about it, and then you started talking, and I thought I was on mute. <laughs> it wasn't even the song playing into the mic. It was just like... I know, dude. The song wasn't the right one, so I had to go on YouTube because I couldn't find it on my platform. Anyways, we had a tournament weekend. Basically, we had four games and four nights. I heard you. <sighs> I lost my complete train of thought. <laughs> now I got to try and think. That was, here we go. We have to find Tom again. That was awful. Um, wow. Talk about okay. yesterday, yesterday's game. That's All right. So we go. had a four and four. Yeah. We had a four and four. Um, boys struggled a little bit off the gate, then kind of found our, our pace a little bit. But um, we had a game yesterday against Nickel City in Chemi. There was a snowstorm. It was awful. <laughs> getting there and leaving there and the game we won the game roberto get ready for this 13 10 <laughs> the hockey game 13 10 in a triple a hockey game unbelievable uh i mean you'd want to first to ask about the goalie but i'm questioning team defense what are you guys doing out there uh, were basi- you coaching it's basically like the all-star <laughs> game uh it was unbelievable um I've never Roberto. seen anything like that in my life. Not to mention, Shmino's a D coach, so I had a pretty successful night with my forward scoring 13 goals. But um, other than that, no, I'm kidding, Jim. It's a it's a five-man unit out there. It's I don't think I've ever been a part of the game playing, nor coaching, nor in beer league when it's been 13-10 in a span of what? How many how many minutes do we play? We don't play 320s. We play a... Two 17s and a 20. What's the math of that? 54. 52 minutes. Ridiculous. Every like Roberto, there was a goal literally 50, 54. 54. Thanks, Tom. 54 thanks, minutes. Roberto. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Dash two, Tom. Dude, you said 52 too. I said 54. Check the tape. No, we didn't. Check the tape, Tom. Check the tape. Roberto. He said 54. Yeah, Tom. Dash two. Dash two. Dash three right now. Dash three. Dash Dude, three. top star for me. I thought Tom, I was you're gonna in. get a sassy soon. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are gonna need to get a new co-host. I can't even speak English. I can't even put a sentence together. What did I say before? Was is, and now I got this one. And yeah. then I did the music thing. Oh, I'm dash three early. Okay, I'll make up for it. 
Well, I episode. think with that, let, let's get out of the intros because again, ugly uh, off the <laughs> hop here. Um, into the weekly lift we go. Olympics have officially come to an end. Paralympics are starting up soon, but the Olympics have come to an end. And our guest uh, on the show today, Randy Pascal, uh, we got to tune in with him on his last day in Beijing. Uh, and he talked all about the Olympics, but let's recap it here. Um, so some notable things will go obviously through the medal count. So according to the Olympics website, Canada finished 11th. Um, I don't know how they weighed it, um, but they finished with four gold medals, eight silvers, 14 bronze for a total of 26 medals. The leading country was Norway with 16 golds, eight silvers, 13 bronze. I'm assuming they weigh the golds a little bit more. That's the way it looks like here. But um, that was Canada showing uh, at the Olympics. Obviously, the biggest one of note is Canada beating the U.S. Uh, women's, uh, obviously, um, the big gold medal game. Um, Rebecca Johnston, you know, could she be going out? Is this it? You know, the last dance. It's pretty fitting, but who knows? She's an animal, so I don't know if she'll stop. Um, but yeah, thoughts on the Olympics, guys? I think uh, we we got into it more with Randy. Um, I didn't watch too too much just because of how how late it was at night, Jim. Like the later events, I obviously caught the hockey because that's my sport, and I love love to watch that. I caught the last period and a half of the the women's final, um, and. You know, I'm excited for everyone to get their thoughts because we I brought it up with Randy. It's crazy how there isn't body checking allowed at this level because obviously the rivalry between Canada and US, like they hate each other, but like there was full on hits. Like one, I've played hockey and two, I coached. Like there is there's a difference of body contact and checking. These girls were checking each other. There it wasn't, you know, body positioning for um, you know, to get better spacing out there, whatever else. But it's good to see Canada on top. Obviously, the last Olympics, they lost the States, right? Am I right about that? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just wanted to clarify. Um, but, yeah, other than that, entertaining. It was good to get Randy. What a what a life, HM. Like, five weeks. Can you imagine, like, like how much better of an experience it would have been for him? Obviously, I'm not talking upon himself, but if there wasn't COVID, like – and now that he's like experienced and not as nervous, like he would have enjoyed it like to the fullest. So, but he made the most of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it was, it was good that he was still able to go down and get the, get yeah, the experience exactly. obviously. But um, yeah, I think Randy speaks for himself. Great. So we'll definitely uh, send it over to him uh, here in a bit. I thought he had a, a couple of great takes from that. A couple of things I wanted to mention uh, uh, from the Olympics, obviously, I mean, I didn't tune in that much. Uh, except for maybe that women's gold medal game, a couple of Canada men's uh, games not for a bit, but there were quite a few Sudbury connections, which I'm mm-hmm. shocked in the Olympics. Like actually crazy to see how many uh, Sudburyans or people who have spent some time in Sudbury. There obviously you got Rebecca uh, Johnston, you got Benoit Roy, who's from Hockey Canada. He was a uh, part of the U18 team that won uh, that, that tournament that Red Savage was in, I forget what it's called, Tom. They won the U18s. Ivan uh, Helenka. Ivan Helenka. Yes, yeah. dude. See, that's a yeah. plus one for me. Give that to me. Give that to me. Add a boy. Add a boy. Roberto. Add a boy. Roberto. Plus Primary one. Roberto. I'm one, still on the ice. I'm still Roberto. on the ice for his goal. Plus one. Roberto. Plus yeah. one. Roberto. Still um, on the ice. Plus one. Roberto. Anyways, Stacy Cole Colorossi. 
who uh, was the Laurentian woman's coach. After the team got cut, she went over to China to teach the Chinese women's hockey team, and they stunned a lot of people. They had they actually had a win, uh, which is really impressive. Um, Ivan Zanata is a Laurentian graduate, played for Laurentian hockey, spent a whole bunch of time playing hockey for Italy. He was teaching, not teaching, coaching uh, the Chinese men's uh, hockey team, which is cool to see. Obviously, Eric O'Dell was in the second Olympics. He played for the Wolves. And Sebastian Dam was playing um, for Denmark. So really cool to see several connections all the way around at the also, Olympics. Also, good job, Jim, on that. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mikhail Agard, former Sudbury Wolf. Former yeah. Sudbury Wolf, yeah. yeah. Obviously not from here, but he, he was in the Olympics too, playing for... I believe uh, Dominic Cahoon was there too on Germany. Tons of uh, Germany. Tons. Yeah. So it, tons it's of... Cool. Uh, you see a lot of Sudbury connect. You never think like a, a small town would have that, that many connections, but it's cool to see uh, at the Olympics. My only take is I don't know if the Olympics are kind of losing its like like lust like it's, it doesn't seem like you know people are like getting up to watch it. Who knows? Yeah. COVID, all that kind of stuff has you know played a big factor into it, and maybe because we're just on the other side of the world. But I don't know. Like I wasn't like I heard a lot of people say they weren't like that excited to watch the Olympics, and you see a lot of countries, a lot of cities that are not even like they don't want to even put a, an application mm-hmm. into host because of the cost, the white elephants, all that kind of stuff. Like I believe Montreal who hosted the last, their last Olympics in 76, just 1976, just finished paying off the yeah. Olympics. I think it was last five years. I think they just finished paying um, off. It's absolutely wild. So what do you guys think? I'll, I'll send it over to Spadgrad and Roberto. What do you got? Yeah. From I feel like from a business perspective, there was more hype for the Lululemon connect, collection of the Olympics than the actual Olympics 100%. themselves, it seemed like, yeah. right? Um, I, yeah, I don't know, Tim, if it was a, a factor of being on the other side of the planet, basically, and all of the events being later at night. I'm sure that didn't help, but... I mean, the other thing from a men's hockey point of view, like that's your big draw event for the Olympics. And I don't think North American wise, a lot of people were drawn in because of the players going. Um, I would actually argue. And um, if anyone says, you know, is trying to argue women's hockey isn't uh, superior at this point, like I enjoyed all, I watched all the Canada games and I thoroughly enjoyed the Canadian women play. I honestly did not enjoy the Canadian men games. I just thought it was underwhelming. Like, Mm -hmm. and I, the Canadian women's games were like enjoyable to watch when then, when they were beating up on teams, it was like fun action packed going. And then obviously when they're playing the U S like those are amazing games to watch too. So, um, I mean, other than the snowboarding, I honestly did not watch much of the Olympics, uh, from a brand point of view, really the only brand that I could pick up with from the Olympics, from a Canadian point of view would, would probably be um, Lululemon, maybe RBC from an advertising perspective. I, I found I just didn't see a lot of it in terms of digital and social too. So I don't know if that kind of factors into it, but I it's mean, overall it kind of came and gone and I really didn't notice it all that much. Yeah. Yeah. it's a good point. Roberto spit and fire. Yeah, 1052 no, was, at night. Was, yeah. Well done, Roberto. That was, those are great points all the way around. I think because the, the women's is, it was best on best. Um, and I, I think I was just listening to Chicklets too. RA said it was the most viewed 
like it it was the most viewed game um and had more views than any other nhl game this year thus far that's including like the winter classic you know there's been a bunch of big games so i think it was like 3.5 million views um i don't know if that's just uh united states but um that that's uh, what ra said on chicken so i mean uh i I agree with you 100 percent, roberto on that for sure so why not have a league for women's professional league like obviously canada u.s them playing against each other that's like the highest end players on you know all of north america let's just say but like take you know a a league of like 12 let's say and you have like three you know top end players or elite players on per Mm -hmm. team and then you know you feed everyone else out and that's what makes you know university and college for these females like maybe somewhere they can go and earn money after like right now there's tons of girls just playing university or division one hockey literally just probably because they're good at the sport and it's like their program is first for school i said this with like with the men's guys right it's always school first then than hockey right it's a bonus and like what's it to them after the four years of university or college hockey right it's like it's a little yeah, bit ridiculous felt, how they I have feel nowhere like that, to play yeah that drop off used to maybe like five even like 10 obviously but even like five years ago that drop off between the really really elite players and yeah. you know your average player was there it's it's not there anymore it's not as noticeable mm-hmm. right like the the level of play is great the speed is up there too so I think now what they're missing from a woman's side of things is the investment, whether that's from the NHL or other Canadian and and U.S. business owners to make the investment and saying, we believe in this. And you've seen some brands do it like PNG with the, I think it was the secret tour. And that's kind of like a showcase, but you need, you know, five, six, seven wealthy Canadian or U S business people to step up and say, we believe in this league. We believe in women's hockey and to start it. Otherwise, it's going to be like failed attempt after failed attempt because to do it right. And they've tried to on multiple occasions, they need the funding to back it. So again, Mm -hmm. I think, I think we're getting closer and I think uh, this Olympics for any doubters really showed people that, Hey, women's hockey is here to stay. And it's really should be a prime uh, event or attraction, especially in North America. I would say, especially in Canada too, we have a Canadian professional basketball league but we don't have you know a canadian uh professional women's league that's sustainable over the last like 10 years like i think it, again it's just a matter of investment too mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. i think we're getting close you see the u.s uh women's national team get a 22 million dollars dollar settlement uh for fair play that just happened so i think we're close a lot of stuff's happening in wnba nwsl those are probably the biggest uh leagues that that have gone attraction but I think hockey is close, and I think, I think it, it the right way, and to me the only way to do it is through the NHL. Um, even you see the top soccer clubs like yeah. Juventus, Barcelona, they all have women's teams. PSG, um, NHL just needs to reciprocate that with uh, women's hockey. If it's a six-team league to start, you know, start with the original six and and try yeah. to grow uh, from there. I think that's the only way I can see it working sustainably they've tried it the other ways and to me it doesn't work um and i think you got to take investment from anywhere i know there was a a big deal i i know barstool was basically going to save the n uh whl mm-hmm. um that was going belly up and uh, they didn't want it i got bad press and then there's no hockey league so 
Um, I think, like I said, the only way to do it is is through the NHL. Um, and I think it will come. I think it will come. And and there's, these girls are the pioneers for it. Rebecca, you know, Marie-Philippe Poulain, who also is getting ECHL offers, uh, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> she did turn them down um, and did challenge ECHL as well as the teams that have been offering to help grow the women's game. So that's good um, to see. We're talking about the pioneers, right? So um, She's an absolute beast. Oh on, on one other note before we move on, Mikey Camito, probably with probably one of his best tweets of the year, and it's early 2022. Haley Wickenheiser, it's like a rare interview. I mm-hmm. totally forgot about it um, with Don Cherry. And, and she was talking about how the States had their flag on. They beat the States, I think it was 2002. Um, if I'm correct, I can't uh, totally remember um, that. But anyways, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. They beat the states, um, and she she her line was, uh, you know, the, the United States had our flag uh, on the floor in their dressing room. Now I want to know if they want us to sign it. All time uh, soundbite, and I can't believe that hasn't been like all over Canadian media. Um, so Mikey Kimito with an absolute slam dunk of a tweet, um, it was buzzing on Twitter. Um, so yeah, that was a great tweet. Um, but enough Olympic talk. Um, we'll save that because there's a ton of it with Randy. Um, we'll go over to some news locally. Um, so pond hockey, we can't announce anything too much, but we can say that BTV is partnering with uh, pond hockey on the rocks. They obviously had to postpone uh, the on ice features. Um, once again, just due to COVID and logistics, um, they are looking for a revival. Um, we can't really say when, what it's going to be, we will let you know, but we can tell you BTB will have boots on the ground and we, we will be there for whenever it happens. So just wanted to give a quick little announcement there. All right. On uh, to another, and, and talk about women's hockey, all this women's sports is great. We got the Arnold Clark cup. So this is a cup. And right now the European teams uh, in the women's on the women's side are prepping for the Euro 2022. So this is the Women's Euro Cup, the one uh, that Italy won on the men's side last year. Thank you very much. So there's a, a little window, international window, where teams take a break. So they're taking the f- four top 10 teams uh, in the world to just play a round-robin tournament where Canada, Spain, and England played, as well as Germany, and Canada went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Um, So not a bad showing. They were missing Christine Sinclair. It is a round-robin tournament. Um, Shout-out to Chloe Laclasse, who uh, Lacasse, uh, was um, with uh, Team Canada. She is from Sudbury. We need to get her uh, on the podcast. Yeah. Um, ASAP, we, we've tried a couple times. I think it's just timing. Probably try and get her in, uh, in the offseason. Um, but, uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, we'll get her on. Anyone got thoughts on this? I didn't even know this existed until you told me. Oh, there you go, buddy. You always learn. <laughs> um, so the game, I was trying to catch overdrive today at four, four-ish, and there was a game on, Tim. Would it would have been England and – is England in this or am I totally mm-hmm. wrong? Is this like an old tape? No, 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 no. England's in England, I think England, England and Germany? England, Spain, Germany, and Canada. Okay, so England beat Germany and apparently that was an upset today. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, they were saying that England ended up putting 3-1. It was good soccer. I caught the last – I caught the second half. 
I didn't even, I was like, this could be old. I had no idea. And then I checked like on the guide button and it was live. Um, so Canada, like, Chim, I need you to explain this more to me. Like, I'm just like, okay. So <laughs> let me give out the rankings. It wasn't up. Yes. Germany is number three. Canada is number six. England okay. is number eight. And Spain is number nine. Ooh, okay, big so upset. what happens in soccer, and it happens on the men's side too, is what we call okay. um, international windows. And what happens there is all the club teams stop playing. The season takes a break for guys or girls to go play for their international teams. Okay. So this was a, a break where not really anything was going on. So they made this Arnold Clark Cup for the European teams to get a tune-up before the Euro 2022. Gotcha. And to feature some of the best uh, players, uh, obviously, in, in the world. And it was just cool to see, you know, Canada, the only CONCACAF team there, um, because they are number six in, in the world, the Olympic uh, champions, obviously. Um, so that was really cool to see um, from there. So they are, uh, okay. th- that I'm, is what it is. You got it now? I'm, I'm fully understanding. And the, the first thought that came to my head is why don't hockey do this? Like, why doesn't the NHL take a pause for their players to play for the international teams? Oh, like the Olympics. Yeah. Good oh, call. yeah, yeah. See, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is a, I would say it's it's a different because the NHL is just a dominant league. The other leagues, they don't okay. all play against each other. Like, I don't know. It's I get it, but it's, it's just like a hundred percent, hundred percent NHL we, to be an Olympics. Or they I don't want to ruin the Randy interview because we got into it with Canada U.S. But could you imagine prime time Friday night when Canada U.S. men's teams played? 100%. Like everybody 100%. would be getting getting together, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Um, next we have the Saudi golf league. So us being big golfers, um, Saudi golf league kind of Roberto, do you remember when soccer had the super league, like almost ruined? Soccer? Yeah. Yeah. This is all, like the same type of thing is happening with golf. Saudi golf league, big money offered Bryson DeChambeau $150 million to come play on their tour. It's absolutely wild. It's absolutely wild. Um, what's happening now, Phil Mickelson came out and I, I don't know the exact quotes, but he did come out with some hot takes. He did go, uh, at, and I think his intent was to cha- challenge the PGA, which has always been his intent when any type of stuff he comes out with, but did, did he cross the line? It seems that way because KPMG stripped their sponsorship who have sponsored Phil for like over wow. 20 years. I did not know that forever. Yeah. 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 Okay, so what exactly was he saying? He was bashing. He was bashing the way because I, I saw Saudi it over golf, Twitter, but j- just the I guess the Saudi Arabian culture. I okay. want to say okay. is is what he really attacked, um, at, and he he did uh, put out a, a statement for people people to read. Um, right. But we we don't want to give any misinformation. We, we're not that well known on the topic but we're just kind of telling the gist of what happened yeah, yeah, um yeah. and and so that's what's happened but so a, a bunch of pga tours have come out during the genesis invitational last weekend and said we're not going we're all going to stand together but this is a chance for the this is a chance for the pga to start stepping up like bigger purses that kind of stuff um i guess they're, crazy. Giving, they're giving the pga a chance so if if guys started actually going to that saudi golf league that it could have been bad, just like the Super League was going to happen to that soccer to one Europe. was bananas to me. I still yeah. remember you texting me about that. Yeah, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. And 
Um, I know I'm going to go off the rails here quickly because I'm going to go back to this, but I actually caught a PSG game maybe this weekend. I couldn't, I actually like couldn't believe or like remember that they have Neymar. Um, what's his name? The Messi. striker. Mbappe. Mess- and Mbappe. Yes, yeah, like yeah. I'm like the team is nasty. I'm like, is this a video game? I'm like, Thomas, when do they all get these guys? Like, <laughs> big money, baby. I, I, sorry, I'm, I was getting into soccer this week because there's tons of good games on. But to go yeah, back to good. that point, Bryson, if he is it like done now? Did he say he's not doing it, or it's too late now? Like, yeah, he basically said he, he's waiting a little bit, eh? Like, go, no, no, he did say he came out and said. As long as the other PGA Tour players are going to stay, I will stay too, basically, okay. is what, okay. what he said. So, Everyone's kind of taking the stand. So so here's my thoughts, though, because um, tonight I was at – I was in – as I was at the Attawell for a sauna, and one of the guys in there – what's his name again, Shem? I forget. I forget his name. Give me his name. Your buddy. Good boy, Timmy Coffey. Yes, he's a listener. Great guy. Had a great conversation with him, and we were talking about this exact incident. So if Bryson signs that deal, Chim – he was saying he could still play in the majors in the yeah. PGA. Yeah. He, so why not? Yeah. I mean, it's just, do you want to take your life to Saudi Arabia? Like it's beautiful. You're right. There okay. For sure. Okay. But, but I know, mean, he's back once every month and a half, two months. Here, here's my thing. I think there's a big thing with sponsorship. He could have lost a lot of sponsorship. Dollars, You're right. I, think you know what? I don't know the backstory, but. I think, well, I just think think about it. Any, like, yeah, North yeah. American brand that sponsors and probably not going to sponsor for being in Saudi Golf League. Yeah, now, mind right. you, there's big money in, in Saudi Arabia. It could have got money there, too. But, I yeah, mean, yeah. I think I think Bryce is doing well for himself. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Sponsors-wise. Yeah, yeah. 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 So but it was crazy. Stuff. Yeah, crazy yeah. stuff. Um, but it seems like it's starting to simmer down now. And the person that took the worst of it is, is, is Phil Mickelson um, out, of, out of all this. But, I mean... Phil's got, again, sitting on a nice pile of cash, too. I He's fine. I think he'll be okay. Um, yeah. All right. Guys, this is uh, other big news. Like, there's so much news coming out. Sean Avery's making a comeback to hockey. This is, I think, that we should, this is, like, the number one topic of the episode. This is ridiculous. Sean Avery is making a comeback to hockey. He just signed with the Orlando Solo Bears of the ECHL. Um, he's 41 years old uh, and is, an att- is attempting a comeback. To the extent of what the comeback is, we don't know. He doesn't know. I watched an interview. But, um, yeah, it's wild stuff right now. Um, you guys ever listen to his podcast? Yeah. Jim loves it his podcast. Is so, it's so wild. It's just him monologues for yeah. hours. Like, yeah. some of his long ones are like an hour and a half, hour 45. Just him talking to himself. They're wild. He, he deleted them What now. a guy. He, he deleted his first set of se- the seasons. But... The first, I would say, fifty episodes of that, like pre-COVID, he was unbelievable. Believable. Yes, like, you could not stop listening to this guy. Like he was unbelievable. Now it gets a little bit, a little bit old. Um, but uh, maybe I'm just bitter because he said he was going to come on the pod and he and he hasn't answered my emails or DMs. But uh, that, that's all good because so, you know I got a cameo for for Woody for him. But, uh, but so yeah. is it time for you to get another cameo and ask him what the hell is he doing? Like. Does he actually, like, I know the ECHL is, like, the third professional league, like, before the NHL. But, like, Jim, there's videos of him when he was, like, picking up playing beer league. Like, I don't know if he wasn't trying. I get it. He's an NHL hockey player. It but looked rusty in those few videos, yeah. I think he hasn't played a game in, what, eight years? 2012, 10, maybe? 10 years. 
10 years? Last game he played was 2012. Okay. And does he get a fight in this league? Like, uh, well, man. also, Matthew Barnaby wants to get in, into it now. Um, You're going to see tons of these guys come back now. 100%. It's a trend. Like, these old guys are going to come and want to – I don't know if they're going to fight or play, but they're going to come so back. Who cares from the ECHL teams? Like, these teams that are, like, signing these players that were, like, pretty famous back then when they used to play, that's just only going to benefit more people to come to the games to watch them. 100%. It's, it's – who cares if he plays fourth line and plays eight minutes? He's going to do the same amount and contribute to the same amount as a fourth line actual ECHL player would. Am I yeah. wrong about that? 100%. I mean, it would just suck for the young guys that are trying to yes, make this 100%. Now, but, yeah, I get that. But but you're talking business-wide. like Sean Avery will put uh, people in the building. Um, that's that's way to fact. say it like that. I knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, you know what I meant there. But anyways. Uh, all right. Uh Moving on, anyone else got any takes? Roberto, you got anything about Sean? No, I think it's just a publicity stunt. I would be surprised if he actually plays games, considering his conditioning and that kind of stuff too. Like, uh, I remember listening to his podcast, and he would talk about how he hadn't put on skates and basically since the game that he had taken them off. And this was a few years back, but that was probably seven years, eight years he hadn't skated and maybe just did a couple beer leagues. So. I can't imagine it's going to be sustained if he actually does get on the ice, but now you Crazy. get Barnaby trying to get into it. I mean, he's all over bet 99.net, but um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but good publicity for the East coast league. I mean, they uh, haven't necessarily had the greatest PR in the last uh, few months. So they definitely need a BTB bump. hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. hundred percent. One hundred. All right. Let's go on to the OHL North update. So here we go. I'd like to go in depth now for our people. Um, yes. We will start off with the Sioux. The Sioux is currently ranked third in the Western Conference with 47 games played. They still have the most games played tied with Flint at 47. Um, they are 27, 15, 4, and 1. Um, so they are three points uh, back of first of Flint um, with the same amount of games. So that's pretty good. London does have four in hand. Um, Tom, thoughts? Let's actually hold on. Let me give you their last. Um, let me give you their last three. One second here. But anyways, Tom, you can start rambling on here. Yeah. Um, the Surrey Wolves with a big overtime win tonight against the Sioux Greyhounds too, as we're recording. Um, Sorry, Colby. Yeah. Yeah. What day is it today? Wednesday? Today's Wednesday. Thanks for okay. Me. Just making yeah. sure, because um, sometimes you get confused with the day, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah, the OHL is like getting exciting. It's getting closer, almost to playoff time. Yeah. Um, I was gonna save it for the maybe performer, but I already have one, so I'm gonna give a shout out right now because I know you're gonna, you know, list the northern guys in, in the OHL and what their points are. But Oliver Smith, his first goal in 29 games, he was in a big drought. Good to see him back on the board and contributing for the very close. I wanted to mention that because I was texting them last week about it. So, yeah. So let's go through the last three for uh, the Sioux. So obviously that loss to Sudbury in overtime, they did beat Owen Sound 4-1 on Saturday and on Friday lost to London and Barnburn 8-5 at, at the Bud. Um, back to North Bay. North Bay is third in the East uh, with 49 games played. They do have the most games played. Uh, tied with Ottawa at 49 uh, games played. They are two points back of first with Mississauga, who has one game 
uh, in hand on them and Hamilton with uh, four games in hand, Hamilton getting McTavish back. Um, so we'll see about that. But North Bay still uh, looking good. Tom, anything on North Bay? I got nothing. I actually ha- like need to watch a game. Um, uh, what's his name? Jesus Christ. Our good buddy, Jacob Burton. Um, he says North Bay's legit. And he's they're saying they're a wagon. Uh, they yeah. are, Roberto threw a stat in there. Yeah, go ahead, Roberto. I was just going to say they're 9 1 0 in their last 10. Like they are absolutely buzzing yeah. right now. It looks like in that division two, Barry's kind of falling off a little bit. They were 3 7 0 in their last 10. Um, you know, Sudbury around the 400 mark there too. But um, in Mississauga, who when we last looked when we got all together in the podcast it looked like mississauga was far and away running away with kind of that division there too and they're now only two points up on north bay and it looks like Holy north shame. bay might potentially come in there too so some of the northern teams making a little bit of a push good point you and, and you it. and you know what's really crazy about this league and it's like it happens every single year no matter if you're like first and you're just absolutely slaughtering every team it's like i guess it's like any professional league it honestly doesn't matter to the playoffs because when Brett was on that Sioux team, Chim, I think they lost like what, 10 games all year. And then they ended up losing in the finals. They had a really good run, but it's just like, you never know what can happen. And then if you're first all the way here and like throughout the regular season, maybe you slipped like third or fourth and then you get a tougher uh, opponent in the first round. Like it's, it's crazy how much the standings change like in a, in a week, let's say. hundred percent. Yeah. North Bay uh, beat Ottawa six, two on Sunday Peterborough in overtime on uh, Friday 4-3, 4-3 against Sudbury on last Sunday the 13th and beat Mississauga 4-2 on uh, on the 11th, which was uh, a Friday in Missy too. So some big wins. And now over to our boys, uh, obviously here in Sudbury. They are in ninth place, tied for eighth with Peterborough right now. Peterborough does have a game in hand um, at 37 points. Um, the Wolves are 16, 26, 3, and 2. Um, so, start, they, but they had a fantastic weekend. Um, they kick it off with beating Mississauga 3 2, an amazing, like a massive win. Um, that was probably the highlight of the weekend. They mm-hmm. did beat Peterborough, which was a huge game, 7 1 here in Sudbury. They did lose to Niagara, bounced back, beat Missy, which was nuts. And then another big win against Sioux. So you're looking at Sudbury, for some reason, tend to do pretty well against the top teams. I don't understand how so, that works. That's just the it, OHL, though, right there. The writing's on the wall. They just got to get into the playoffs, and you never know what can happen. You have an OA goalie in Mitchell Weeks. Maybe he can lead you to the promised land. You got a lot of young talent. Like, um, Musty's assist there went viral all weekend. That, that move was slick. Right, like oh, the yeah. inside outside. Oh, yeah, I know. Like it's just. I like, don't know who who had the who had the tap and was it Kanyan too, the Pittsburgh yeah. kid. Yeah, it's yeah. just like these, these nice young guys. Too. Yeah. Yes. So, who knows, Jim? Like obviously, they were you can call them sellers at the deadline, but you know they sneak in, went around. Who knows what can happen? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to check because I was curious. I actually didn't know how many guys from Northern Ontario are playing. Um, in the you OHL. didn't know that, and we're the Northern Ontario podcast. I didn't know an exact <laughs> number. Um, I didn't know obviously the Subbury guys or some Sioux guys, but like we're talking Thunder Bay now. Now I don't know all the cities, 
um, in in Ontario. So I got I I would have to look up if I missed it. If I d- did miss some players, please let me know at Jake Burton or you know anyone else listening that's close to the Burton. OHL. Yeah. Um, so you got Cole McKay, obviously our guy, uh, forty-seven points of forty games. I mean, always doing away things, seventeen <laughs> goals, uh, thirty-six. Oliver Smith, Tommy mentioned him. Uh, he's got thirteen points in thirty-six games, and then I'll just run through um, Zach Giroux again. 34 points in 46 games. These are all guys in their rookie year, uh, except for Cole McKay. Is that what Zach in his rookie rookie year, Tom? Did he play a full year with Flint yet? No, Not a full he, year. He played partial last year. Right? Technically a rookie, yeah. yeah. Um, Mitch Martin, 26 points, 42 games rookie year. Uh, Max McHugh, 22 in, in 39. We got Gio uh, in Hamilton. Franz here, who, who had three. Uh, three goals in the last three games. So there you go, uh, our boy Alex. Lucas Edmonds. So I put an asterisk beside Lucas. I looked him up on Elite Prospects. Born in North Bay, mm-hmm. but has played like 99% of his career in Sweden. So yeah, he has. I mean, there you go right there. I don't know what happened there. Maybe, I mean, it'd be cool to get him on and see what happened. Uh, Michael Stubbs from Thunder Bay. On Mississauga, I, I, on a wagon. I, I'm I'm actually shocked you you you're going this far right now. Keep going. Nick, Nick Porco from okay. the suit on Orange yep. South. Uh, Callum Mangone uh, yep. from the suit, rookie on Saginaw. He has 24 and 38. So mm-hmm. keep an eye out. That guy's gonna be a household name. Uh, Benny Goldrow, obviously we had him on um, from Caledon. Um, and sorry, I said North Bay, but. Sorry, I I knew remember I remember that from when we had him on. Um, Connor Tom's on the Sioux from the Sioux. DeGrazia's from TB. He plays on Sudbury. Connor Punnett, uh, he's from Powassan. Um, Cameron Baber uh, from the Sioux on London. Jack Matier mm-hmm. from the Sioux on Ottawa. And PC Shulin from North Bay. Jim, you Sega. nailed everybody. I was gonna oh. say nope. You forgot this guy. There you go. There you go, folks. Um, that's, I mean, that's a pretty good list of guys. I think the Sioux kind of takes it though, um, on players. So Sioux developing some good hockey players. Yeah. It's weird how they draft locally. Anyways, we're not going to get into that. Um, one thing I wanted to say, and I, I was talking to someone, um, player or management that's in the OHL. I think the Flint Firebirds are going to be very, very good next year. They're a very young hockey team. That's already doing some damage right well, now they're good right now they're first in first in the west i was gonna say tom they're yes i know i know this year i know but these young guys are like still unexperienced and then give them this year to feel it out maybe win a couple rounds and maybe win the whole thing because all these guys all they these same not, guys are going back next, again year. next year yeah i don't know yeah. exactly yeah we'll see oh also guys uh talking about things coming back it's good that we're on uh junior hockey talk the world juniors are coming back this summer um, in Alberta, um, it is a fresh slate, so the games don't count from December. It is the same year as December, and I believe you can. It looks like you can just start new and pick rosters. So you're talking about guys that are eligible. I mean, if they all want to come play, right? It would be bananas. Now, would do I think guys are going to come play in their NHL off season? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. You know. Like guys that are going to be regulars, like like Byfield and stuff next year, it's it's it makes it for even a longer season, right? And could you imagine like LA this year? I I believe they're in a playoff spot, maybe a wild card, maybe they sneak in, and he has you know 
Plus, the he's LA wins off, around. He, you know, he's coming off of uh, a broken ankle. Like he, you probably won't see him. Um, right. is, and is like my guess, it, and it's hard. Like obviously, I think Zegris is still eligible to play. Yeah, and obviously I'm not at that age nor at that level, but, like, trying to get these players in the middle of their summer, like, with their families and stuff to go. Like, I know you're putting on your your country's jersey and whatever else, but these guys that already played in the World Junior. Yeah. Also, you got to factor in, you know, like, the NCAA season, too. Like, who knows if Owen Powers is going to be there. Who knows if these guys actually want to come play. But I'll say this. The guys who are already on the team, I think will want to come play. I mean, yes. that was your one chance at the World Juniors. Now like you got McTavish, another yeah. McTavish, Power, those are your one chances. You're never going to play the World Juniors again. I think they'll do it. Um, same with, like, uh, Shane Wright, I think, maybe back one more time. Connor Bedard, maybe a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, and and the, the the guys that, obviously, the World Juniors are a chance for guys that you may never hear of again. Like, that's their biggest stage. So, I think they'll be back, um, mm-hmm. too. So, it'll be cool to see. I, I don't know how I'm going to be cheering for World Juniors in the summer. Like, when the NHL bubble happened, like, I kind of cared, kind of not. Because it's summertime. You just can't get into hockey. I don't know what's your Oh, no, no. What's your take no, no, on no. that? You can. When you at least play Columbus and lose game five, oh, yeah, you can get into it pretty good. I think World me. Juniors in the summer could be fun, though. Too. Yeah. You might imagine well. sitting outside with a couple pops, too, with the World yeah. Juniors on the TV. Oh, a uh, couple, couple yeah. BTB pops. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I Yo, wish. dude, what? Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention because you mentioned the Canada US and the college, it got me thinking the Hughes family. Okay. Luke Hughes just set the record for Michigan defenseman goals. I think he has like 15, 16 goals. Like this family is going to have three elite players playing in the NHL, all first rounders, all top 10 picks. Like, could you imagine those parents? Like, it's ridiculous. Like Jack Hughes just signed long-term. He's got, he's made his money already. Same as Quinn, who's already experienced, you know, very important role with Vancouver and the ceilings, you know, the highest for Luke Hughes, who's scoring and like stupid level at the college level. So man, three, three, like they're the next backs. Like, would you say the stall brothers maybe before them? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, most recent, probably. Yeah. So. Obviously, they they have accomplished more because these guys are so young. But who knows what can happen in ten years from now? Yeah, you never know. Maybe they're all on the, on the same team too. Um, never know. Never know. Um, all right, boys. Well, I think that's a, enough talk for for the weekly lift. That was pretty good, boys. Um, I think we'll send it off to Randy Pascal, who who's going to touch upon a lot of what we talked about um, in the weekly lift too, which will, will be uh, cool to hear. Randy was live from Beijing. So when we were uh, on the call with him, it was about 10 p.m. our time, 11 a.m. his time, or no, 9 p.m. and then 10 a.m. his time. Um, so it was uh, it was pretty cool to see um, and uh, a great chat. So off uh, to the Sudbury Sports Guy, Randy Pascal. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back on the show, returning guests. Live from Beijing, it's Randy Pascal. Uh, what is going on? <laughs> well, it's it's you know what it's kind of at the, the tail end of the um, of the whole experience, Alex, where you get the mixed emotions, right? I mean, I've been here almost a full month. Um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't looking forward to getting back to family and friends, and you know, even even the routine, like people say, okay, wait a sec, you, you're going to be excited about the NOJHL game on Thursday night when you just finished <laughs> doing the Olympic gold medal game? I said, yeah, no, I am, because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 
you know, for people that know, I mean, I'm, it's as much a social event as it is, you know, quote unquote work, right? I mean, there's a right. lot of very familiar faces, a lot of people that are friends that, that uh, you know, and, and, and the truth is there's going to be some fun in sharing stories with people and, you know, they understandably want to know about it. So, um, yeah, so there's that whole side of it. But at the same time, you know, as I look around the room and I start packing things up and you think that, okay, this is the last time I'm going to go down to the lunchroom here and because it's become such a part of our routine, right? Um, and even the guys that, that we've worked with so closely, I mean, there's there's people that now I, I really hope make the trip to Canada at some point because it would be nice to be able to keep in touch with them after the fact. Yeah, 100%. I'm sure a, a ton of new relationships made uh, over there, 100%. It, it, it must have been a, a good time. And I guess, share with us how the experience has been so far. Uh, it's been really, really good. It's, it look, um, it, 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 when you when you do something like this, you accept the fact that there's going to be, you know, some things on the, hopefully a whole lot of things on the positive side of the ledger. And there probably will be a few inconveniences or things that, you know, you'd say, oh, look, all things being equal, I would rather that didn't happen. And I think, you know, certainly on that side of it, it's it's been disappointing in not getting out, not being able to get out and see Beijing at all. Like we really, you know, it, the, 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 um, uh, inner the the uh, closed loop as they call it is is very it's a hard closed loop like I would have to go through security guards with guns to get out of the loop so that's oh. not happening <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. yeah they they man the front uh, the front gate to the hotel um you know it, it's guarded on both sides and so you're not leaving like you're not even trying to sneak out to you know, go across the street, the street and grab a coffee or something like that. Wow. Um, so that's been, you know, that's been unfortunate because it's, you know, would have been nice to, to do that. Um, and certainly, the you know, the fact that the NHLers weren't there um, did impact the level of play, the caliber of play. There's no way around it. I mean, we mm -hmm. you noticed it in shootouts. The, the skill level is not the same. They were, you know, we do shootout and it'd be like one out of nine people would score. <laughs> that just doesn't happen at the NHL level, right? Yeah. Um, but that said, Alex, um, the, um, you know, the positive, the, the memories and positive things that came up and the, and it's funny, the little stories that stick with you, and I'm sure we're going to, you know, we're going to get a chance to talk about a few on here, but I think I would divide them into either a pure hockey memories. So, you know, being at the Canadian women's gold medal game, scorekeeping my second gold medal men's game, um, even some of those, you know, some of the quarterfinal games that were U.S. and, um, Oh crap! Now who else? was it? Uh, Slovakia that beat them in the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. you know, watching Slavkowski has been fascinating, right? The seventeen-year-old that all of a sudden has taken the world by storm in this, in in these Olympics. And then there's the side of it that's kind of those stories that are that are kind of on the periphery of the games um, uh, experience. So yeah, we'll like I say, we'll get a, we'll get a chance. Hopefully, hundred percent, we will. Yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. And let's kind of start off, Randy, right from the beginning. Like, talk to us about how the flight was there and the first couple of days before, you know, everything got started for you. Well, the, the without a doubt, the, the week leading into it, uh, Tommy, was by, was by far the most stressful um, yeah. because we were so on pins and needles uh, about not testing negative. And I do, right. you know, I have a huge shout out to my family who, you know, made sacrifices over that period of time to limit any contact at all. My daughter you know, saying, look, I'll work from home the last two weeks before you right. go, just to make sure I'm not, you know, you're not testing positive. When that test came through, that was, you know, then the excitement began, right? Yeah. Like, okay, good. I am really going. 
Um, the, as I said before, the trip here was kind of nice. I, I, uh, I flew uh, into Vancouver on the Friday, the 28th, and actually had a, a layover at night there. So I was able to grab a hotel, break up nice. the trip a little bit. Yeah, we, we arrived here, and, um, and the early part of our arrival was, was very much an easing in process. I would say my schedule this time around was the best schedule I've had of the three Olympics that I've worked all like all inclusive. If you include all of the games, if you include the days off or include days that you're working three games versus one, it was just really nicely spaced out. Um, so because I was doing the men's rink mostly and the women's hockey starts first, um, our, our first few days were relatively quiet. We did have some women's games over at NIS, but no, but we would have one a day where the other crew was into three a days pretty quickly. When you first arrive, I think the one thing that was kind of neat is like our check-in literally was was about two minutes, enough to give us a little card to the room and take our credit card. And then it was, you get upstairs, you're quarantined until your the results of your test that you did at the airport come in. So we were not to leave the room. We could order in room service. Thankfully, the, that process, I mean, look, we were exhausted. So you, right. you, know, you right. grab some sleep anyways. Um, we arrived by the time we got at the hotel, we landed about midnight. It was about three in the morning by the time we got here. And that was after, you know, taking the flight from Vancouver to Tokyo and then Tokyo to Beijing. So, mm -hmm. um, yes, yeah, so there was some sleeping to catch up on, but just having that, that, you know, right from the, from the get go, having that kind of a day where they said, look, you don't have, you don't have anything scheduled today. Just let your body get used to this. You're in the room anyways, quarantine until you get your test result. Once we got the test result, then you could kind of, now you could go down and kind of explore the uh, the hotel within the section. Because our hotel is part of the school's bubble, right? So everybody who's in here, all of these staff members have lived at the hotel for the last month. Right. So you could, they, they couldn't leave the bubble, right? So yeah, that's um, nuts. Yeah. So, and, and, and I got to say, you know, it's, it's, I found this, in, um, in Korea, when I was there for Pyeongchang, that was my first experience of get, being treated by the IHF as being their guest. This time around, we were, we were guests of BOCOD, which is the organizing committee of the games. Right. But in terms of the, our experience, um, you know, the, the accommodations, the meals, all of that ancillary stuff, I can't say enough good things about, like the That's hotel good. here has been wonderful. Awesome. Oh, I got, at some point, you won't get to see it here, but I've got to send you in order to, to uh, limit contact, they have contactless room service. So picture R2D2. Honestly, I, I laugh about it because it was the one video that I've got more comments on from my family and kids. They want to share this everywhere. It, it's R2D2 comes to your door. Of, it's voice activated. So you hear outside the door, your room service is here. And you go out and you press a couple of buttons and it opens up and your meal's inside. You sign, you put everything back inside and off goes this little, you know, motorized uh, contraption. Um, yeah, it's so cool. That's and they've insane. Got a, I'm, they've got a similar one that works as a sanitizer. So throughout okay. the hotel, all the time, and at the rink, the same thing, this little thing goes around and it's shooting out whatever, you know, some sort of chemical, I suppose, to try and make yeah, sure yeah. the impurities are, are kept out of the air. Uh, but it's all automated, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's it, that part. That was I, I think I've ordered room service a couple times just to get the video. It's <laughs> 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 less about the food. I probably wasn't even hungry because I want to see this. Yeah, see yeah. it again. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Talk about the world we're living in. Hey, that is oh, not the technology. Yeah. That is. Woo! Yeah, Randy, I want to like ask you about a working day and an off day. Like, what was the daily routine for you yeah. look like that way? 
it's it's interesting, Tommy, because it went from one extreme to the other. So we went through a stretch where, um, you know, that I, I talked about the easing in period, and we right. tried to take advantage of it because we knew there was a stretch coming up where it would be two games and then three, 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 three on five days back to back. Now, for those of, that have been around the big nickel tournament or so stick, they might sit there mm-hmm. and go, okay, big deal, three games. So what, you, 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 you know, you block off your morning. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, we're, we're talking days where I'm picked up at the hotel at 9.30 in the morning. Our shuttle coming back here is after midnight. And oh, so, you're, you know, you get enough sleep, you get sleep, you get a quick bite to eat, you grab a shower the next morning and you do it all over again. Exactly. And you're at the rink all the way through. Like, it, you know, our game activity for us makes the game last about four hours. Um, now, the on-ice product is about two and a half. But by the time you, you know, the, the stuff you're doing. So, so in... Um, I would say, uh, Tommy, our, our, our game days broke down to either the three where we had three games in a day where it was mm-hmm. just go, 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 go. And you're just, you're just in survival mode, right? Because, right. because a big part of what I was being asked to do was that, you know, as you know, the, the, the picking up of the assist from the penalty box, that was a huge, um, short goals and assists from the penalty box. And it's not the ideal vantage point to do it, right? If you okay. want to, if I, if I was to sign either of you to do it at a, at a Wolves game, I'd say, listen, sit up top. It's far easier. That you get a much better, right? Um, but it's a big part of helping the spotters that are Chinese who haven't had the hockey experience. So, so you need to be really, really focused. And at the end of the day where you're at the rink for 16 hours in a row, understandably, your focus starts to, you know, it can drift freeze. Mm-hmm. 100%. The days off, I think I was really fortunate people kid me about this and say okay what what the heck are you doing working like writing columns and doing stuff i said you know on days off it was perfect because there are a couple of people with that i'm here with who have found it really really long um kind of use you know if you've got a complete day off yes you catch up a little bit on sleep in the morning right and you you might relax a little more but then you still have the whole day and and look we're limited to the hotel Right. right. So if, if this had been normal times, I don't think having, you know, bringing along some reading material and having my computer and being able to work on stories. And, and I've done a couple of these. Uh, I did a, um, a high school class the other day, a yeah. Zoom, Zoom link with them. So, um, you know, with questions and answers. So being able to have those things to mix it in has actually been really, really nice. Um, I've, I've, I've be honest, I've watched more HBO movies during the last three weeks. Than <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> So, so I've got had a chance to catch up on on some of those, um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's just been nice. I I kicked myself um, in November. We did not have a chance. But actually, the um, the fitness facility in the restaurant or in the hotel in in November was not available to us, so I didn't bother to pack anything to you know to hop on a treadmill. Right. I am kicking myself for that because uh, they did have one here. I wouldn't have got to use it a lot, but even even if I got out six or seven times. It would have been a nice break during the day to do something a little different, right? Um, sure. But hey, you know what? It, all in all, it's it's a minor inconvenience by comparison to all the good things. Hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's funny because I went to go check check uh, your your column to see if you had written anything before, since you've been at the Olympics, and I'm like, he's pumped out like articles on articles. So I was like, I was like, oh my god, I didn't know, I didn't know Randy was still doing it in Beijing. So that that's awesome. I, I mean. It's a pretty cool feeling. I'd assume to write something about Sudbury from Beijing. So it was it was good. It was really helpful um, from the standpoint of, of using up some of those days because we were limited and not being able to get anywhere. 
Um, I'm, by the way, I'm coming in loud enough for you guys here. Yeah. I'm not, okay, good. I'm trying not good, to raise yeah. my voice here in the lounge area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was a really nice way to break up the days. Um, because I, our, our days went from being really hectic where it was, you know, hockey, 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 hockey for certain stretches. And then we'd be, you know, you'd have a day off. Well, on a day off, if we were able to get out and visit the city, if you want to, but if you're limited to the hotel and, you know, by the time you've watched a gazillion one HBO movies, um, you know, you're ready to do something else. So yeah, the writing has been interesting. And of course, I think the other thing um, that's been really good is the, the feedback that I've gotten from so many people in Sudbury was that, uh, you know, from our end, there's a tendency sometimes to think, well, I don't know how much we want to put out there because it seems like you're just kind of bragging about the whole experience. But we had so many people coming back and saying, you know, I, yeah, tell us about it. It's kind of neat to hear what it's like to be there. And I think if I was, you know, if the roles were reversed, if I had a chance, you know, hopefully follow you guys at some point and you're somewhere really cool in the world. Yeah, I, I you know, I, it's exciting to see the world through your eyes in a different in a different setting, in a different venue, enjoying a different experience. So, yeah, that's been uh, it's been nice to be able to do it. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, Randy. And it's funny because we we're talking about you know us watching the Olympics as a viewer, you know, in a in a completely different time zone. Like we didn't get to watch a, a ton of the Olympics, and honestly, I saw a ton of it through you, which which is uh, was pretty cool to see. Um, and and one of the posts you made was about the opening ceremonies. What what was that like? It looked like spectacular. Yeah. yeah, it was, uh, it's the second time I've, I've had a chance to take in opening ceremonies. So I had the pleasure of doing it in Korea. It was a different experience altogether from, from Korea. And it's funny, at the beginning of this interview, I was saying how some of the, little, like the kind of the stories that stick most with you are the ones on the side. So mm -hmm. we, got, we got picked up at the hotel the night of the opening ceremonies. And there's a, there was a whole slew of us from the hotel. So a busload of people. We leave the hotel to, with a police escort. Fair enough that you would expect, okay, we're going to the opening ceremonies. We get out on the highway and they've closed off the highway. So, so this is like, we're looking ahead of us and you can see a kilometer ahead. There's no traffic, right? Wow. And as we're, as we're going by the, uh, the ramps, we're looking onto like lineups of cars that are waiting for our procession to go by before they're allowed to come back on. Wow. I mean, I look, I, there's probably people that at somewhere in the upper echelons of, you know, politics and, and, <laughs> and fame and fortune and movie stars that, that to them, this is, you know, this is the world in which they live. It certainly isn't my world. <laughs> it was kind of cool. I'll, I, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of cool to kind of be driving. People were taking pictures from inside the bus of, you know, these people are all waiting. You know, they're all, and it's all coordinated, right? Because they have to have police everywhere to right. cut off, close off traffic. Um, so that was really neat. The the pre-ceremony pre, um, uh, meet and greet is always a lot of fun because that's with, um, you get represented, not the athletes, but you get the other representatives. So members of the Canadian Olympic Committee that I met and the equivalent of the COC in other oh. countries. Um, so that goes on for about an hour and a half before the game. That's always uh, neat. And then the, there's something magical about being at opening ceremonies, yeah. right? I mean, it was just to be able to, to be there live, as you know, you know, thousands of people or millions of people around the world and, and maybe even in Canada are watching it back home um, and you're sitting there taking it all in. And we had one, you know, we were the end, we were at the end where the flags were being raised. We were in the second section, so we weren't anywhere near the top of the stadium. Uh, you know, the, the athletes were down in the, in the bowl level mm -hmm. below us. We were just above that. So, I mean, wonderful seats and, uh, 
um, yeah, or just a real special experience. It does, uh, if it seems like the procession of athletes drags on, it, it definitely drags <laughs> on. <laughs> you know, if they could find a way to, to kind of make it more Speed like it closing ceremony, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. bring them closer together or maybe do, okay, these these six countries that all have four athletes each, we're going to put them all together. Oh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, it, it was fun. Cool. And was it a, a packed house today? Did they have a like a full stadium or? No, they they had. I would say probably about three quarters full. Okay. So it was, and but what they had to do, um, Alex was they had to be conscious of the respective bubbles, right? Mm-hmm. So right. The, so the group that we were there with were all people that we would be interacting, like mostly people that were either at this hotel or IHF people that were over at the. I think they were over at the Grand uh, Grand Crown was the other one or Crown Resort of some sort. Um, so those two groups together intermingled a fair bit. But that was the only group like we went, you know, we weren't anywhere near mixing in with the athletes. We did have in that one, as I say, members of the Canadian Olympic Committee. And, and so they were off in, a, in separate areas. Um, so there was a little more mingling, but not a, not a time. Gotcha. OK, cool, cool. Um, so let's get into your events, um, Randy. So men's and, and women's hockey, what, what was your thoughts? And you kind of alluded to already in terms of the men's yeah. skill level. Um, but what was your thoughts on it overall? Uh, overall, it was a lot of fun. The, uh, a couple of things jumped out. Um, you know, on the women's side, obviously, they still have, they have an issue to deal with in trying to close that gap between Canada, the U.S., and everybody else. That was evident. <laughs> we, I did the first Canada women's game, um, you know, and, and, and at no point, were any of the games other than against the U.S. ever in question. Yeah. And that's, you know, as much as it's a, you know, Canada played, look, I don't want to, you don't ever want to diminish what these athletes have put in because you know the work that went into it or anything like that. They, the Canadian team was incredible. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the two, especially the second game, that gold medal game was as near to flawless a game as you'd ever want to see it. I was so impressed with their, um, the offensive creativity across the, the entire roster has really come a long way. Uh, Debian was unbelievable. She, even though she didn't have to be a lot, she made, I thought against the U.S. especially, um, mm-hmm. she made some really key saves at, at, at important times. Um, and, and so once you got away from the Canada-U.S. games, you actually had a lot of really interesting hockey after that. The rest of the field tends to kind of be bunched up much more closely. Um, but I didn't do a ton of them. Uh, and I unfortunately, I wish I'd had a chance to do a uh, China never played at the main stadium, which was really, I'm not sure why they scheduled it that way. So I didn't get a chance. I saw Stacy briefly at, after her uh, Colorosi, mm-hmm. after the Chinese women had finished playing, she came out to one of the men's games, mm-hmm. uh, but she was up on the third level. I was down, you know, behind the penalty box area. Um, so we never did end up connecting in person. The men's hockey, we said right off the bat, the moment the NHLers were not there, what mm-hmm. would happen is you would end up with a, a, a field that would be really, really closely bunched together. And that was exactly what we found. And, and so it made for a lot of really interesting games, right? We had a ton of 2-1, 3-2 hockey games. We had, um, you know, we had games that went to shootouts. We had match penalties called. We had a three-minute major, which you almost never, my timekeeper, he was over the moon because you live as, as somebody who, when you understand the rules of that level, for, you know, for hockey people, they're going, wait, 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 what do you mean a three-minute major? If you get into the last five minutes of a game and your team picks up a minor and the other team picks up a major, in order for the team not to lose their full power play, instead of having to wait, you know, normally you would, if, if this was the middle of the game, your two goes up on the board, 
his five goes up on the board. After the two minutes are done, the power play kicks in. Right. But if you've got two minutes and 47 seconds to go, there, they had to make sure there was a disincentive for the team that was already um, drawing the, um, uh, the, the team that already had the, or would not have the power play for them to start taking penalty after penalty um, in order to make sure there was still a power play. So what they do is they net it off. So you actually put wow. three minutes up on the clock. And we actually had that come up in, uh, in the games. Um, the other, uh, while I'm doing a little bit of storytelling, yeah, yeah. The, um, for most of the hockey that I'm used to back home, when we go to a shootout, the the rules are written in in such a way that you know which team, either which team shoots first or which team has the option of shooting first, right? Those are the two ways I've seen it written up. Here, they do a coin toss. Well, wow. Randy, yeah, Randy being smart enough to think, wait a sec, I know referees. <laughs> Trust me, when referees step on the ice, the idea of making sure they have a coin in their pocket is so far down the priority list. <laughs> so the game, the semifinal game, which is, I'm just trying to think now, which one of the semifinals went to a shootout. So that would have been the U.S. No, that was quarterfinal. There was a, there was a semifinal game that went to a shootout. And it was it was my coin that actually got used. Because the referees came over, they're standing in front of me. And they said, you know, they look at each other panicking all of a sudden. Do you have a coin? Uh, you know, at each other and of course now they and I so I, I had it on hand all the way through my toonie and immediately <laughs> put it up and they went thank goodness so I flip it over the glass and they use yeah they used uh, a Canadian coin to call um, heads or tails on on an Olympic silver medal game so, or semi-final game sorry yeah so, oh man that's cool, so cool, cool experience yeah no doubt that is awesome Tom we got to keep in mind that three minutes uh Probably just in case it happens at one more culture, we got to keep in mind that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, absolutely. I, I've, I've never heard of like that. Yeah, is, it's wild. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it also, it, it does exist in the NHL and OHL. Wow. That's the kind of, the, yeah. So there is, you can run into it again. It just doesn't happen very often. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And yeah. Randy, obviously the game I want to talk to you most about is you ended up catching the women's finals. So yeah. what was that game like? And from what I was watching, I, I caught the, like basically the whole game. I couldn't believe, and I was texting Alex about it, the physicality between these two oh. countries. Like there yeah. should be full-on body contact allowed. Like <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if they should just allow it for the finals or whatever it is, but there was it's, some bad rivalry going on in that game. It's it's funny you say that because the conversation, I've had the conversation twice with different people here who are higher up. One is one of the, re the referee in chiefs that's here. And I said, uh, I said to him, is there any, you know, is there any appetite for, for it? And he says he thinks it will come in. I mm -hmm. had another um, representative of uh, from the IHF says he does he doesn't think so because he thinks it it changes the game too much for the okay. for the women. Um, I I look from an officiating standpoint, it would make the game an awful lot easier to call. But the toughest game it's like doing a high level midget house league game where you've got former AAA players that are playing against each other mm -hmm. because there's going to be contact. Great example. Right? There's, you know, yeah. people say, well, there's. There's no body contact. Well, no, hold on. There's no body checking. And mm -hmm. he said, well, what's the difference? Yeah. And I said, well, good question. Because your, your defenseman is allowed to kind of ease you out of play, mm -hmm. but you can't drop the shoulder and knock the person on the rear end. So in mm -hmm. women's hockey, at that level, when you get Canada and the U.S. playing, they have learned exactly where they need to draw the line. And sometimes they do, you know, in fairness, that, mm -hmm. especially in the round robin game, they went over it several times, right? I thought mm -hmm. in, the, in the final, they did a better job of being keenly aware, but even you look at the, like the pool lane penalty right at the end of the game, right. Oh, yeah. Where it's in the open ice. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I think 
um, she just took a, a, a bad line. Like she went directly at her as opposed to angle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then that, that creates, okay, as soon as the other girl moves, I'm, I'm, you're either going to let her go by or you're going to move with her. And if you move with her, you're probably going to have contact of some sort, mm-hmm. right? It just mm-hmm. doesn't work out any other way. So, um, but yeah, the game itself, I really, to be able to just sit back and enjoy all that that game had to offer. Right. My, and again, funny side stories on it. So we're, we're sitting about 10 rows up from the Canadian bench. Um, there's a group of us that are, you know, volunteers that are, that are over, that are not working that day. And this, again, the schedule being, we didn't have any games scheduled on the 17th at our rink. So we were able, we could go over, relax, watch me. Right next to us is the Finnish team. So the whole, all of Team Finland is over there. So end of the first period comes along. I think, okay, well, I'm, my wife's a Finlander. I'm going to go over and ask a couple of girls if we can get, you know, get a, a, some pictures with a couple of their players. We get all set up to, to, to take the picture. As we're about to shoot it, down comes Luke Tardif and um, what's th- Thomas Box? What's Box? The, the head of IOC. Yeah, Box. It's- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he literally, literally, we're going, oh, crap. We got, we got to get out of here. We're coming down to congratulate the, the finished team. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. You know, excuse me, Mr. Head of IOC. Can you just give us a second? Yeah, can can, picture, can right? you take this picture for us? <laughs> yeah, no. Although I did meet, um, I met Luke Tardif last night. So we we have been told when it comes to that level of the Delta, like you don't talk to them unless they talk to you. And you right. probably should avoid you know, it's not that same conversation that I would have with other volunteers that are there, sure. with with my cohorts, things like that. And, and I understand there's a certain protocol. Uh, one of the people I've met here is a fellow who, a Canadian out of out of Quebec City, who's is a dentist. One of they, so they bring in a couple of dentists in case they have to do surgery in a hurry for somebody taking a puck right to the, right. To the mouth or something, which makes sense. So there's a guy from England, Frank, and there's Jean Luc Dion, who's a uh, he's from Quebec. So because I speak French at, at lunchtime, he's often migrated over and we get talking. It allows him to, to use his French a little bit. And he, he gets, t- he's, we, at some point, uh, Luke Tardif's name comes up and he says, oh, I know Luke really well. He says, Luke's from Trois-Rivières. And I said, oh, I, didn't, I didn't even realize he was initially Canadian, then went on to become president of, the, um, of ice hockey France. And that's mm-hmm. what became his entry level into the IHF. And so, you know, he says, oh, I should introduce you. And I said, oh, no, 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 we're, you know, we're, we're told, stay away, you know, don't. And he says, oh, that's silly. He says, you know, John Luke would, or Luke would want to meet. So at the final game, the gold medal game, after the second period, he comes over and, and he says, at the end of the game, come and see me near the Zamboni. I've told Luke who you are. I've told him what you do. I've told him that this is, and that you speak French. He, he would be thrilled to meet you. And so, so I get introduced to Luke Tardif and he says, he says, okay, if you do the game games again, remember, you do not need an appointment to come and talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a neat moment, right? Uh, No doubt. Yeah. So, so it's been fun. Yeah, no doubt. I love these little side stories. Yeah. That's awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Rainy, I wanted to ask you, because you got to take the game in as a fan, sit back. Like, how different is it from you sitting back, watching the game, and then you, like, watching the game, looking yeah. for, like, assists and stuff? Like, how different yeah. is it? Mm-hmm. Really, really, really different. 
So I, first and foremost, far more enjoyable to take it in as a fan. I still do. <laughs> I do watch the game very much with kind of a coaching mindset. So Tom, I mean, well, both of you guys can can relate to this, right? Mm-hmm. That that um, you know, I'm watching for who's making mistakes. Why did you go that direction? Why no? You can, you got to keep that person high, right? Those sorts. So I'm watching right. to see that how the game plays out that way. Um, I watch it from the standpoint of really appreciating some higher end skills. So for instance, absolutely love Renata fast on the back end. To me, I, I like, she's one, I know that, you know, I think Thompson played really well. And obviously I think she made the all-star team. I thought Renata fast to me is the one that I noticed who, who had that ability to kind of break through coverage, especially against the U S because of her speed and puck handling. And I thought the depth of the Canadian, like some of the things they were doing offensively creative, which has long been to me, the part that's missing in girls hockey is that ability to, you know, to saucer a pass on a two on, there was a play that they didn't, the Canadians didn't score in that game, but where it was a saucer pass over a stick and the girl on the receiving end hit it about knee high out of the air wow. and, and forced the American goalie to make a save. Wow. Um, that's something you just don't see that you see it in boys hockey, mm-hmm. you know, by, by Bantam AAA, you're seeing players, not all of them do, but the higher yeah, yeah. kids can make that play. Um, you don't often see it like, you know, you got a few girls that can do it. I think you're going to start if that starts part of the game starts to pick up. That would be great. I was I was obviously a ton of fun watching Abby Rock, even though she's, you know, wearing the U.S. jersey. I mean, I, I go back far enough to have score kept her dad um, when he played. He was, you know, and, and it's interesting. They're very different hockey players. He was he was kind of an ultra skilled, smaller set guy he wasn't very big across mm-hmm. the shoulders whereas abby is a little bit more she's built a little more square she can mm-hmm. she she's still got the quickness and speed and everything but she's got that physicality to be able to work in traffic uh, and they played the ton out of her i mean they mm-hmm. u.s shortened the bench they played two lines i swear for three quarters of that game right wow. um and then obviously you know getting a chance to watch rebecca um i mean she hasn't said anything at this point my gut feeling i gotta believe this is her last given the you know now we hear the you know she was dealing with a little bit of a groin injury on this mm-hmm. one and and i don't think it's just the injuries i think it's the fact that you know she's an 89 birthday um mm-hmm. life at a certain point's got you know there's got to be life beyond hockey and um i'm i'm sure it's got to be going through her mind and to be able to go out with this kind with like this on win. such a high you know, it's oh, not yeah. only a gold medal, but the, the whole way this thing the played out did, and the yeah. way this team played and they just won the world championship six months ago. I, I, again, I have, has I, have I heard anything? I even, she hasn't even hinted, but it's just, it's nothing more than a gut feeling. I just kind of think this will, this will <laughs> be it. So if I'm there for her last international game, uh, yeah. that's great. I so wanted to kind of, when, she, when they were doing the uh, ceremonies and that, I really would have liked to get far enough down that I could have screamed. So she knew I was there because I was, I got some videos specifically of her, um, not a ton of it, but managed to get some candid moments, which yeah. uh, I, w- I wanted to get for her parents and her siblings and all that. Um, so, and for her. Um, so yeah, we didn't, we didn't manage to connect at all, but it, it felt like it because, you know, I was right there watching it. For and sure. Yeah. 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 No, so that's pretty that, special that, moment. That is special for sure. Uh, what, what she's gone through um, the past I would say a year and a half to, to mm-hmm. be where she's, you know what, oh. torn Achilles injured. That is something a lot, not a lot of people come yeah. back from. And I, and I remember, I still remember they were projecting the, the women's yeah. championship and she was like, I think Craig Button had her like on the bubble yeah. uh, on making the team. And, and she, and now she was playing yeah. PP one, all that stuff. I mean, what, what a way, uh, if she does go out, what a way to go out. for sure. Well, and, 
and as you guys, I mean, I think you guys have had her on as well, mm-hmm. uh, or certainly have talked to her at various times. Um, I think he he was much more appreciative of this set of Olympics and really trying to to soak everything in because of you know not taking it for granted. I mean, from the time Rebecca's been about eighteen years old, it's almost been a. I mean, she is the you know was the top. 1989 born female hockey player in the entire country Mm -hmm. and i have long insisted to me she is the single um greatest female athlete Sudbury's ever produced because she that kid had potential like she could have become an olympian in about four different sports easily if if she'd chosen a different path right i mean you're talking about a girl who's junior a silver medalist at junior nationals in track and field yeah and she's on and her track and field training was kind of okay once the hockey season's done i'll mix in a little bit of training for this and mm-hmm. give it a shot and oh yeah I, by the way i'm second best in the country and winning boatloads of of uh, gold medals at the, at offsa um yeah so it's yeah and such a great kid i, I, I gotta stop calling her a kid i guess when i <laughs> <laughs> she was when i first met her but that's almost 20 years ago now so she's a young woman now so for sure yeah no yeah. doubt no doubt that's that's unreal and and actually renny what's so crazy is we're talking about an olympics in beijing and there are Sudbury connections like oh. all over the map yourself rebecca stacy like you said ivan zanata the coach of the, the yeah. men's uh Team who's LU grad, he played for LU too, Tom. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Eric O'Dell, who played yeah. Sudbury Sebastian Dan. Like, you keep yeah. going. It's crazy yeah. how many Sudbury uh, connections. Ben Roy. Yeah. Uh, ben, with, ben, Roy, with, yeah. ben Roy with Hockey yeah. Canada. I got, yeah. I got a chance. <laughs> I had to laugh because I didn't know he was there. His mom texted or messaged <laughs> and said, You've got to get a picture taken with Ben. I said, Is he here? I guess Ben apparently is not much of a social media guy on a, on a personal level, right? Yeah. I think he does so much with Hockey Canada. So right, right. we managed to connect in, in warm-ups one game. And, That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, I saw that pick. Yeah. Yeah. I did not get a chance. I don't, th- I don't think I've ever met Tim Smith, who's mm-hmm. with uh, – he's got a connection. I guess the family is involved with the Deluxe uh, gotcha. on uh, – or were at one point on, on Regent Street. But I know he's – I've heard his name before. And so when I met the uh, Canadian Olympic Committee people, uh, we you know, they get – they were based out of Toronto. We get talking about um, – Oh, do you, you know, do you know, well, they, of course they knew Perry DeLise right off the bat, right? Because one of the was, is general counsel. Um, one of the ladies that I met was general counsel to the Canadian Olympic Committee. Okay. So her background is law. Of course they knew each and, and Perry's been involved with the Canadian Olympic Committee on the, on the fundraising side. Um, but I did hear Tim, Tim apparently is here. I, again, in normal times, we would probably have trouble connecting in these games no, next to impossible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt so bad because normally like connecting with Stacy would have been, you know, would have been a so no, cool. imp- if this were Pyeongchang would have been easy. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately because of, yeah. Everything. everything going on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and another crazy story, you know, you lose, she loses the LU team and ends up coaching the Chinese yeah. women's team. Yeah. And, and they did well um, oh. given what was stacked against them. Right. And uh, they, they had an yeah. upset win. I forget over yeah. who, uh, but yeah, just, so many cool stories and Sudbury connections everywhere. It was just awesome, awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah, and even just, you, you talk about the Chinese women doing well, uh, Alex, it's just the, you know, the interesting stories of the, of the pure, from a pure hockey line. If I was here, even if I, you know, Canadian press sends me over to cover the event mm-hmm. and says, we just want you to do men's and women's hockey. The, the, the Chinese men were fascinating to watch. Yeah. That was, because we really thought like, you know, had uh, there was all this fear they're going to get really badly blown out. Like we were hearing sixty nothing 
mm-hmm. um, if, if the NHLers had been here. And I still, and look, if, if the NHLers had been here, I think they lose against Canada by at least 20 goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you took that, 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 those NHLers out of the mix, they, you know, they gave Germany a good scare. They gave Canada two decent hockey games, at least for a while, right? Mm-hmm. They had trouble staying with them after a while. And I think it would have been interesting in the, um, in the elimination game, if they don't lose Jeremy Smith, the goalie, you wonder if that one stays closer. I don't know that China had enough to beat them. Um, and then, I mean, Slovakia on the men's side is a wonderful story. And I've got yeah. my brother in Scotland has played hockey with um, uh, for a long time with a Slovakian friend. And so we were going back and forth and I got video to him of, you know, the celebration after, and he's just over the moon. One of the people I worked with, our direct supervisor at the, um, in the bench area is Slovakian. Oh, and awesome. so she was super excited. Yeah, it was uh, so oh, all of those sort of things. The, 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 you know, the, I, the finish the final men's final, I thought was a really good, well played hockey. We had we went a stretch in the second period. Second period, I think it was the second period. We went a stretch of of ten minutes where we had two whistles in that's ten crazy. minutes of hockey. It was yeah. awesome. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah a lot of fun. Great hockey. Yeah, no doubt. So. Randy, let's let's dive into the Team Canada men's team, and obviously maybe what you've seen, what, what, what like what went wrong, like, and it's so unfortunate. I have, I text Alex all the time about like this whole Olympics is just obviously like we've said the whole time with no NHL players. Right. When Canada played U.S. the men's yeah. teams, it was like a Friday night here, and it was like 11, 11 p.m. like Eastern here yeah. in Sudbury in Canada. Obviously, it just like could you imagine if you know Canada U.S. with the oh. whole loads of talents and the NHL players like. Yeah. Just obviously unfortunate circumstances, but like, what did, what did you see from the Canada's men's team? And obviously, unfortunately, they fell a little bit short. Yeah, you know what? Getting a chance to watch a lot of the hockey here firsthand, Tommy gave me a really interesting perspective on it, and right. probably a little bit more of an understanding of the, the the discussions that went on at the Hockey Canada level. And again, I'm not you know I'm not privy to those conversations. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, like yeah. I had a chance to talk to Scott Salmon or or. Uh, Shane Doan was at the rink. Uh, we did. Okay. You know, there are some people on the other side of the rink that managed to get pictures with them. Um, but um, it, when it came to the roster construction, it was, it, I think the debate will be, um, do you go with a younger team that maybe has more upper end skill? So, you know, with more of the Owen Power, Kent Johnson mix. The younger guys. Right. The younger guys, bringing them in. Um, as opposed to some of the, the, the more seasoned, experienced vets who understand, you know, who match up a little bit better when it gets into a very structured style of play. Right. Um, but the don't, the offensive creativity isn't there, right? That's the big, like a guy like Hosang, to me, was, you know, he was easily the most naturally gifted, like in terms of pure skill. The ability right. to kind of drive that neutral zone with the puck and not being willing or being willing to challenge a guy one-on-one. Yeah. You know, most of the other guys, it, it's dump and chase, dump and chase, dump and chase. And to be honest, the way the game was officiated did play into that style a lot more. So I think if if you're the if you're the Canadian or Hockey Canada management, you know, would would a team if they had just simply taken the World Junior team and brought them over? I don't think they necessarily fare any better. It would have been maybe more exciting to watch. Um, but I think the Finns still eat them alive because they're just so structured, right? It's, oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and and the game is called that way, right? It's not – if you could kind of – if you were getting calls on the hookings and the, and the holdings and the and – the, like in front of the net, 
I don't know if you guys were, you could see it from home, but yeah, the yeah. number of times that it was like cross check, cross check, cross check. And I could hear the officials yelling, you know, no more, no more, no more. Like, but they weren't Basi- like, yeah, it was basically like an NHL playoff game. It felt like from what I was saying, Tommy, you nailed it. That that's, that's exactly the comment I, I made here. If people don't believe there's a difference in the standard between the NHL regular season and the, and the playoffs, you're out of your mind because that's exactly what we saw here. Oh, yeah. Is, it, it was it that that's what it had the feel that we're going to let an awful lot more go the penalties that are going to be called are penalties that impact scoring chances in exactly. the offensive zone or that they're so egregious that you know there was one i think in a scrum yesterday where there was a roughing penalty because the guy just cold caught them <laughs> it was kind of pushing 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 and then it was wham yeah and okay no that's rough right yeah um, but um yeah i i don't i like it, it's easy to criticize the team canada after the fact yeah. The reality is, you know, until what six to eight weeks before the games, their plan is still we're going with Plan A, right? right. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's not. A, and I do think I've mentioned to people, I think the NHL players are going to regret not coming. I can tell you guys, there there is not a whisper of anybody around here spending five weeks in in uh, quarantine after the games. And if you remember when the NHL when the decision was made, yeah. and I know people have said, well, they didn't have a choice. Of course, they had a choice. The, the NHL and the uh, and the team owners have long not wanted their. There's no reason for them to want the players to go. There's no yeah. incentive for them to want the players to go. It's the players who have to negotiate that, and they did, and then they gave it up. Mm-hmm. You know, and people said, well, they needed the time to 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 fit the games in during the break to make up for missed games. That's an NHL problem, and they've already shown a willingness to extend the schedule wherever they have to. If I was in the NHLPA, I'd say, no, no, hold on. You were just not going to finish in April. We'll catch up those games at the end, and we'll play until May. Our players are still going. I think 100%. they got caught up in some of the fear-mongering, and yeah. I think that I, I honestly, guys, I believe that was driven by the NHL. I think 100%. the NHL got yeah. out to the media, and, and oh, no, it's not safe to go. It's not. And I remember thinking at the time, because I had this argument with people at the time, they said, Randy, it's not. I said, well, that doesn't make sense. I'm not hearing anything about the women not going. I'm not hearing anything. Figure skaters not going. I'm not hearing like nowhere else. It's only everybody else only. is going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So wait yeah. a sec. It's not safe for the NHL players to go, but it's safe for the rest of every other athlete around the world. to go. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And there's like we have not felt Tommy. I, I like I felt better in the in the bubble. Than I felt for six weeks before coming over. Yeah, <laughs> like you're, you're because they're, you're just you're tested daily. They're doing your temperature checks twice a day. Um, yeah, and once you're in, it, I don't know how on earth the the the, the uh, Omicron would get through here because yeah, like literally, there's there's a wall outside. Like, yeah, it's, it's not the great not wall, anyway. but it's <laughs> but, it, but it's a good wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because, like, I'm just seeing now with obviously Jack Eichel just returning for Vegas, like the storyline, he would have been, you know, arguably, oh, he would have been the state's number one center. And I couldn't imagine the storyline of him, you know, first game back, maybe it was an Olympic game and he's playing against Canada, like just, and obviously it's, it's unfortunate because the, the rising stars of the McDavid's and the Matthews, like, who knows, like, are we ever going to see them in an Olympic? Like it's. Who knows? Hey guys, crossing fingers, crossing fingers for four years from now, because as much as every other time I kept saying, oh, okay, this, you know, there's not a chance. There's not a chance. Who knows? A lot of things still have to go well, but there's Mm -hmm. at least talk this tournament of trying to reunite the group in four years time. So uh, yeah, if I look, knock on wood, but (laughs) if I ever got a chance to do Italy with, you know, no pandemic and with NHLers there, like it couldn't get any better than that. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, so obviously, Randy, your third Olympics, 
obviously in drastically different times. How, how would you compare uh, each one, I guess? Uh, this one's got to be uh, obviously no freedom to get around anywhere, but I'll, I'll let you take the reins. Yeah, no, gr- great question, Alex. And it's something I have given some thought to. And it's one of the neat things about it because, uh, you know, I do get the question, does you know, does, does it get to be old a little bit? Because, you know, you've been there, done that a little bit. And I'd say, no, hold on. It's the Olympics. It's, I, I don't think it'll ever get old. Right. But the other thing about it that makes it really nice is the exper- the three experiences have been drastically different. And I what sticks out to me is memories that are vast, vastly different. So in, in Canada, I was there strictly as a volunteer, right? So we make we arranged for ourselves to get accommodations out there. We flew out there on our own. Getting a chance to experience it with Todd Guthrie will always make that one super special. I think the highlight of Vancouver was undoubtedly getting selected, like being in a group of six scorekeepers and getting selected to do not only the men's gold medal game, but the women's bronze. That will always, you know, that's a, a pride of my life. To then get the invitation eight years later, knowing that they think so much of you now that they're not asking you to pay your way out here, right? That, okay, mm-hmm. no, we're going to bite the bullet on flying you over, on accommodating you, on feeding you, on dressing you, everything, um, because we think enough of the work you do that it's going to make a difference. That whole experience in Korea was incredible because that's the first time that I really had experienced it to that level, right? And and mm-hmm. honest to God, it was it was such a thrill, you know, to, 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 to be treated that way. Um, but in Korea, I was, I was at the women's so it was still very good hockey, but it's not, you know, in fairness, it's not the same as doing the men's 100%. a little bit smaller field. Um, and again, the, the gap is, is a little bit larger between the really good teams and the not so good teams on the women's side. This time around, it's all, it's the hockey. It's, mm-hmm. it's more than anything else. The, the, yeah, the, yeah, the little periphery stories are, they're nice and, the, and I won't forget them. But what will stick out with me is getting a chance to do, you know, men's gold medal, men's bronze, like I've done every single men's game that was at NIS. So unreal, uh, like yeah. 30, I've got 30 score sheets sitting in my room and including the gold medal one. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. You gotta of, get that yeah. frame. Yeah. 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 So that, this one's about that. And, and, and I've been here almost a full month, but this is by far the longest that I've been at an event. Um, and, it, and you're, you're, I'm seeing some of the same, like um, uh, the, the people, the ancillary people with the IHF now, people that do, you know, they're, they're social media people and they're, um, they're legal people and all those are now a little bit more familiar faces. So it's kind of neat because we've had a chance to wait a second. Didn't I see you in Korea? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Oh, yes, yeah. That's, yeah. You're, yeah. Oh, that's right. You're from Germany or you're from Switzerland or you're from, you know, Austria or Denmark. Um, my, 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 um, right-hand guy in the penalty box is a young, young Danish fellow whose father was once the president of their association. And oh, he was wow. just, a, uh, yeah. Paul Christensen an absolute treat to work with. Like he and I work very closely together and then the timekeeper as well. They're the three of us are kind of really linked in close. Um, and this kid was, I mean, he's, I said, I can say kid in this point because he's, I think he's 19 years old. Oh, uh, he wow. was, yeah. Just was just an absolute joy to work with. Awesome. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of That's fun. That's cool. Have you been, in, uh, like, like you mentioned, uh, noticing people that you've recognized anyone that you've worked with, uh scorekeeping and, and timekeeping have you been seeing them since vancouver have has anyone stayed connected since then? yeah so there's there's uh let's see there are two of us here that have worked all three of the events i have together Crazy. so a, a fellow who's with the uh, camloops blazers although okay. he was he does the kind of the stats bench side yeah. so we intermingle a lot but during it like when it comes to game time and the, 
the hour before the game. He's off doing his thing over on the stats bench side. Picture sort of somebody who would look after, you know, where the Wolves uh, stats bench is up top, right? Like they're, they don't spend a lot of the time. Those kids wouldn't wouldn't be down at the penalty box very often. No, they're, they're doing something completely different. Mm -hmm. Do we know who? Yes. I know who Jake Burton is. I can, you know, I I can (laughs) see him any number of times. But I don't during the game. I don't see Jake down at the penalty box, right? right? right. Um, that sort of idea. And then um, another one. Uh, his I worked with his mom in Vancouver, and then we worked together in Korea. Ah, uh, cool. Uh, and they're cool. so largely Vancouver Canucks people. Gotcha. People. That's hey, cool. the the yeah yeah. Awesome. That's awesome, Randy. I, I wanted to ask you too because I I don't know the story, but um, did you get a chance to? Was there an opportunity to go to Sochi because? You've almost done every Olympics ah. uh, through the decade. So I wanted to ask you, I don't know if uh, if yeah. you didn't get a call or anything, but I mean, you've gotten a three. I'm assuming they gave Come you a on, call. Jim. So don't say uh, it like well, that. I, well, I, that's why I meant. That's why I said the other part. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, well, it, it, no, it, very good question, Alex. And, and it's one that, you know, uh, from, from my end, I really, to be honest, hadn't given a ton of thought about. Um, but now that I've done three, and, and as you find out more and more and more details, of course, then, it, you know, people say, oh, you did, you know, this and this and this, but you didn't do this one. The story goes, and I've, I found this out just in the last few days, there, there's long been some talk about whether, um, if when, when Ontario, when Sudbury hosted the Ontario Summer Games back in 2010, for most of the sporting events, the premise is we're going to try and use our own Sudbury people to do whatever officiating they can, right? Regardless of whether they're talking basketball, volleyball, swimming, doesn't matter. Um Somebody within each of those sports, somebody could easily say, well, okay, but you do understand your person in Sudbury is not necessarily quite at the same level as the person who's our best person in the province out of Ottawa or Toronto or wherever. Okay. That's, that's fine, but we don't need necessarily, we're not paying the money to bring in some, somebody who might be better when we've got somebody here who's, who's completely capable of doing mm-hmm. it. So that's kind of been the discussion with the Olympics in 2014, apparently, there was, there had been some talk about um, the the IHF had gone to wanting to allow the host committees to have all of their own people in, right? It's their event, their volunteers. Now, keep in mind that both in, in at the event here, our group of twenty five, at any given point, there are there are I think eighteen or nineteen of them that would be the Chinese volunteers. Gotcha. So we've added kind of five to we backfilled in with five or six. And what the IHF has decided in going from 2014 to 2018 is there are certain key positions that you just need to have a little bit of extra help. For sure. The scorekeeper, because you're in touch with the referees, uh, language alone becomes a major issue. Mm-hmm. You ha- Not only do you need to know the rules inside out, not only does it obviously help for me to, um, uh, to be able to do the assist and goals from the penalty box, but the fact is I can... I understand what all the referees are saying. Yes, some of the European ones have, a, have an accent. Right. But English is the spoken word out on the ice. Although you will hear, you know, I, I, there's one of the referees here who I think he knows 12 different languages. Um, wow. Who does, yeah, he does a lot of, so he will talk a lot of times in the native language of whatever player, right? He's saying, okay, here's why I did this. I don't understand exactly what he's saying, but it sounds, it's like referee talk to me, right? It's gotcha, what yeah. Used to, yeah, used to hearing um so yeah they in in sochi they ended up going completely with the russian volunteers and they did find that it became the communication became an issue and the just having that little bit of of better expertise right so on the on the stats bench side what they do now is they bring in people that kind of supervise the area so i can we can train them 
to do it, but I need somebody there who's who who knows how everything works, right? Cool. Gotcha. Okay, cool. See, and, and that was interesting to learn about that because I didn't know why, because you've done done the other three, and now yeah. now totally makes sense. They got to bring the big guns, and that's just that's <laughs> what they got to do. That's what they got to do. Um, I love it. Awesome, Randy. Tom, you um, go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, were you able to catch any other events going on or was it just strictly, no. you know, at the rink for hockey? Yeah, just the rink. Uh, other than uh, we were a little bit on those days off, we, we could tune in. There's a, uh, a couple of the Chinese networks here that we're doing okay. like almost round the clock uh, Olympic coverage. So we can kind of follow there. Um, we do get uh, at, in November, the hotels we stayed at had one English speaking channel. <laughs> and it was uh, it was, I think, a, a, um, a Russian based news outlet. But it, but it was English news, which made it kind of interesting, okay. uh, or English spoken. Um, this one we have, as I'm HBO, uh, we've got CNN. Um, so we've got a couple of different options, but no, nothing nothing in terms of live. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, what would you say your favorite non-mainstream sport is at the Olympics? Like ones that maybe you you know you caught that was you know interesting to you, or I yeah. want to hear. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I'd I'd love to go see the the aerials. Uh, I think that, yeah, yeah, to me, that's amazing. Uh, And maybe it's because, you know, I never in a million years could I ever imagine, I don't care how much training I do. There was no way I'd be able to contort my body to do some of the things they do out there. It's, it's, it's amazing. And I think the other one uh, that I would have, just because I do have an appreciation for the sport a little bit more because I have played, not at anywhere near a competitive level, but currently, um, you know, I, I have curled uh, through, you know, younger adult years and, industrial leagues and bankers mm-hmm. leagues and things like that mm-hmm. um so i know enough about the game to kind of understand the gist of what they're doing and to appreciate how how incredibly precise it is um and how difficult it is to you know that, that it's not as simple as as every single ice condition being the same you know the amount of, of swing and the amount of drag in different spots of the ice is, right you you have to learn to read that so quickly and it changes during the course of the game so it uh, yeah those probably would have been the two that i would have taken uh, curling would have been right across the road it would have been so nice to be able to yeah, just kind of sure, you know yeah. leave and our our stadium at the, oh. after doing one game and then wander over and catch some curling over there right and it, curling it makes yeah. you appreciate jim i don't know if you have you ever curled before Jim? i've tried it it's un, i don't it, know how they do it it's, it's it is nuts. it is yeah. some a sport that you you know you try it yeah. once and you just automatically appreciate you understand, yeah. like yeah. the professionals it's it's ridiculous yeah, yeah no yeah. doubt uh randy an olympic question i want to ask you is we're seeing a lot of countries especially i would say more on the summer side starting a lot of cities are starting to not want to host the olympics yeah. because of just how much the cost mm-hmm. is to build stuff and and trying to make uh like i i think Montreal 76 they just finished yeah. paying for it uh, a few years ago so w- what's your thoughts on that a-, a lot of cities starting to peer away from uh, taking the Olympics it is something that we, yeah, actually we, we kind of people around here have, t- have talked a little bit about mm-hmm. and some there are some people that are obviously far better connected that mm-hmm. are privy to some of the conversations that are happening at higher levels I think the two things that you're seeing uh, happening Alex um, one is there certainly has been uh, some talk about the possibility of picking quasi-permanent sites yeah. maybe of you know maybe a sixth city rotation um and you know so you basically you have a north american or maybe mm-hmm. two north american right so it goes mm-hmm. between maybe vancouver and salt lake city or something mm-hmm. in, in los angeles and toronto or I, I don't know i mean again you you know you'd have to decide but um but to be able to so that the 
the facilities are being used over and over again, right? The other thing that that has definitely become a trend is where at one point the legacy of these large infrastructures was really drilled home. You know, the, the you're not getting the bid unless there's you know, there's proof that you're going to use this as a vehicle to grow sport. It's just what they found is that you end up with white too way too many white elephants, right? Yeah, I mean, they're all over the internet. Um, so now you're, you're the, the concept of multi-purposing. The fact is here, we're, the arena we're in was the gymnastics facility for the uh, 08 Olympics. Okay, the, wow. Uh, the curling facility was the pool, um, wow. right? So they've just yeah. been repurposed. Um, yeah. Once the games are over, they then change into whatever purpose they need. So, you know, the, the joys of modern architecture and engineering uh, people far smarter than I can can find a look at a building and say, okay, no, we, you know, if if we have no use for a twenty thousand seat um, hockey arena when the games are done, what what makes sense for this building afterwards, right? What right. can we still use it for that doesn't, you know, that you that you sit there and go, well, why would you want that much seating when you never at any point will ever have more than five thousand people in this building, right? Mm-hmm. right. right? Yeah. That's sort of so. Yeah, it's been interesting. Cool. Cool. Um, Randy, let's move a little bit away from the Olympics and I want to get your thoughts on the Sudbury Wolves and the, obviously the yeah. Cubs so far in their season, like with a couple months, you know, left to go in both their seasons, like what do you expect, how they're going to finish? And I want to hear your thoughts so far. I, I would think that on both fronts, there's reason for optimism. Right. Um, I think with the Wolves making the decisions they did, the tough decisions, you know, uh, you don't want to lose a Jack Thompson. He's such a great kid and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, obviously a very talented hockey player, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, for them to trade Thompson and Stillman. Um, but I do think it would, like any, you know, it, it made so much sense. Yeah. This is not a, a team that's poised to make a run at the Memorial Cup. Yes, they would very much like to make the playoffs. And I think the, you know, people... It's funny, people automatically assume that in the OHL, if you become a seller at the trade deadline, oh no, then you're, you know, your record goes the wrong way. Yeah. And it's been proven time and time and time again. Trent Cole did it twice where he, his team sold and his team played better hockey after. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it, because you end up with a bunch of kids that are now that have something to show. Have, I exactly. have something to prove. Well, everybody, said. yeah. And, and plus, I don't have that guy ahead of me to lean on, right? So if I'm, well, I mean, the, the Goyette-Dallet-Canyon line has probably been the biggest example of the Wolves. That, mm-hmm. Okay, if I don't have, have Stillman, then look around. You're Sorry, guys, you're the number one line. Okay, but yeah. you only played 30 games of OHL hockey, and that's, yes, it's because of the pandemic. Um, so I, you know, I was kind of mapping out their, their team for next year. And I mean, yes, goaltending is a big question mark. I don't know, right. you know, what they're going to do there. My, my gut feeling is either they're going to address it through either the import draft or a trade. Those are the mm-hmm. two logical places. Um, but at, when you go down be, beyond that, that's mm-hmm. a nice looking team going into oh, next yeah. year. You know, I, I, Memorial Cup, probably not. But, you know, with a couple of additions, a team that's, that could, could make a nice run. Uh, absolutely. Um, and certainly, you know, the, the, I was interested to see how the Cubs would fare once they got back on the ice after, you know, because they really haven't had a chance to see what the impact of, you know, picking up uh, Boucher and Foley and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that group, like the kids that they brought in, mm-hmm. you know, in December. Um, and based on what we're seeing so far, uh, you know, it looks like a pretty solid, um, you know, pretty solid group. Uh, the one thing about the NOJHL that's been absolutely wonderful the last few years is that you don't see a great deal of disparity, right? You, yeah. you know, the, the, you can have a team that goes into the playoffs as a fourth place team in a division 
and don't count them out from winning at all because it's not like the top end team. It's not like Rayside Balfour was back in, you know, the early 2000s where, you know, they mm-hmm. were beating teams 17 nothing. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I don't care how well your goalie plays, you know, it makes a 17 nothing a 10 nothing game instead. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you're, but you're not, or 10 1 game, but you're not beating them. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if you're, you're maybe two or three goals apart, well, okay, a couple of breaks and a hot goalie is enough to even that playing field in a hurry. Um, so I think playoffs there are going to be a lot of fun. And I, now am I hearing that, you know, are things starting? What's what's the latest with Wolves and uh, and fans in the building? I, I thought I saw some atten- full attendance or 50% or what's uh, what are we hearing? Yeah, Randy. So, yeah, so I guess, yeah, you, you haven't seen a, a lot because you've been there for over a month. So a lot of good stuff that's, that's happening. Um, I think it's, 50 percent in on march 1st i want to yes. say right now they're still at 500 um but it's 50 okay. percent march 1st but they're scrapping the vax pass um yeah. that so i slowly everything's going to start opening up again yeah. you're going to see a lot of full rinks um which which will be nice and and uh hopefully you know come playoff time you'll see a full sub arena 100 percent um so it's, it's- it's interesting. Sorry, Alex, to cut you off, yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, talking to people going back home to other countries, that's been, mm-hmm. you know, the number of people who have told me they're so anxious to get back because the moment they step back down in their in their native soil, masks come off. Like there's a lot of them that are already there with the mask, right? And yeah. it's been two years. Like I, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I think I've done my part now. I'm ready to ditch the damn thing. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. The majority of people, it's yeah. it's time to move on. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're, we're with you hundred percent on that. Yeah. For sure, Randy. Um, all right. Last question we have for you before we wrap up, Randy. And and it's I think we, we know the answer. But if slash when the opportunity comes again for 2026 <laughs> in Milano, can oh. we see yourself doing your fourth Olympics? Oh, my God. It, yeah, I, I, I will. Uh, I laugh, Alex, because when I got I honestly, when I got back from uh, Pyeongchang, I remember talking to one of my scorekeeping friends and saying, you know, it's a it's an incredible experience. It's great, but I was really run down in that one because our the schedule was a lot more compact, and I just didn't. I wasn't very smart. Well, I had never traveled that kind of distance before, and I didn't really didn't do things very smart as far as kind of give yourself enough time to catch up on sleep and everything. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I got back, I was exhausted. Like I was really really burned. This time, I feel great right now. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna yes, the the flight because 48 hours. Yes, I think come Wednesday morning I'll I'll be a mess, but. Um, but I give me a day or so. And, and I think, you know, I haven't, I haven't felt cold or anything like that. So, so yes, I think if, uh, if the opportunity comes up again, I would be absolutely thrilled. I think it's the first one I'm crossing fingers. If ever it was to happen, family are already talking about the possibility of making it a, like a family vacation. Yeah, right? that'd be awesome. I don't think they would stay in the same area, but you know, have them come to Italy. Oh, Maybe they take a couple sir, of weeks yeah. and go yeah. other, you know, part the where they're not that far, maybe we can get them into games where they're not completely sold out, right? For things sure. like that. So, um, you know, again, I think a lot of things have to go right, including, you know, the right people being where I, one of the nicest things is I think we, the work we do, more people are aware of it now, more mm-hmm. people. I think I've got more people who are sitting there going, okay, no, there is a difference. It makes the event run really smooth when you've got key people in key positions who know what they're doing and when they bring experience especially this like i wasn't nervous at all gold medal game did no butterflies no nothing i was just anxious right. to see a good hockey game um in vancouver oh my god <laughs> oh, <laughs> <I was> just... <laughs> like, 
please don't let anything happen. But, you know, yeah. I was so nervous in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, again, there were 20,000 screaming fans in Vancouver. We've never at any point had that year. Um, but I think also once you've done it a couple of times, I think, um, yeah, if I had to do it over again in front of 20,000 people, I think I'm a lot more, a lot more able to do it and not worry and just kind of flip into, okay, you've done 4,000 hockey games over your life. There's not a lot they're going to do on the ice that you haven't seen before, buddy. For so. sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Awesome. Well, with yeah. that, Randy, listen, we appreciate you tuning in uh, from Beijing. So to give everyone, uh, you know, a heads up on the time zone difference, we're here, we're recording. It's 10 o'clock here, PM Eastern uh, standard time here in Sudbury. And it's about 11 quarter after 11 in Beijing in the morning. So uh, on Monday and we're, we're here still late yeah. on Sunday. Uh, so, yeah. so it, yeah. it's wicked how the world works, but again, Randy, Thank you so much for coming out. We appreciate it. You guys want, I've got the lottery numbers for the win tonight. In, uh, so if you want me to send you a <laughs> We're running right away. Let's do it. It's a three-way um, split. <laughs> I love it. Love it, Randy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Always, always a treat to catch up with you guys. Awesome. And that was the interview with Randy Pascal. Tommy, what you got? Thank you. That interview with Randy Pascal was sponsored by our friends from Silvercross. Silvercross Sudbury is ran by the best people from the Sudbury region. They sell new and recycled home and healthcare equipment. From stairlifts to scooters, you name them, they got them. Silvercross Sudbury is ran by first-class people in the name of Dean and Chantal Jacqueline, and they proudly serve North Bay, Espanola, the Manitoulin Island District, and of course here in Sudbury where they are located on 760 Notre Dame Avenue. That is 760 Notre Dame Avenue. Call them at 705-222-0700 for any healthcare need, and they will hook you up. Boy, Tom. Thanks, man. Uh, what a chat with Randy. I mean, yeah, I, honestly, I could sit down and talk to that guy for a whole day. Um, about anything uh, it's just a wealth of knowledge um but uh it's just cool to get his takes on on everything uh being live from beijing the coolest thing number one thing i'll i'll take away from this when we're talking about the nhlers coming to play he's like he and he said it like you don't hear anyone talking about here about getting covid you don't talk about sorry you don't hear anything about yeah. people spending five weeks here in a quarantine so, you know, was it a fear tactic on the NHL uh, to, to put on the players to not go to Beijing? I don't know. But Randy made a, made a great point there um, from a guy that's actually live there. The mm -hmm. next thing I'll take away from it is robots feeding, uh, bringing him food um, Dude, in the hotel. That Jim, is unbelievable. When are we going to see that here? That is a little it's ridiculous It's scary, now. man. The the Dude. It's it's crazy robotics, Whew. wild. Yeah, imagine if yeah, we have robot pizza in downtown. Oh, okay. In downtown Sudbury, what do you what do you expect? It's coming, man. Like, could you imagine that robot was like, "Hello, Randy. Here's your room service." Yeah, like they literally. programmed it to like yeah. the name of like who's in that room. We have to get that video from Randy. That'd be unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. it's like, like um, the robot from a uh, bench warmers too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Smarties and ham sandwich with the crust cut off. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Seven. No, well, I don't even know his name. Oh, I think you're right. It was Mr. Seven or something. Yeah, yeah that's, that's hilarious. So that's hilarious. The other thing I'll take away from it, just like 
they because they were in a bubble and everything and they were getting to Olympic Games, like they took a shuttle they, and they shut down the whole highway in mm-hmm. China to go. And like they were getting like 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 what a like presidential service to get to there. So it was just wild. I would have been interested to hear like what life was like out, out there, like if there was no COVID, but yeah. it it was like locked down. Like he showed us oh, yeah. um like their security and and mi- like military personnel around like you're not going anywhere and literally not uh, COVID ain't coming anywhere if you're, if you're in there. So um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Like he, he could even go to another event, Jim. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's definitely tough. I I don't know how far a bunch of other events there was curling that he wanted to go see, which was across the road. I was just thinking, why don't you just make like a a walkway to just go to the, from the hotel to connect it. Right. Yeah. But they did bubble everyone kind of like by the sport, which was interesting too. Like he yeah. couldn't hang out with the curling people. Like it was hockey personnel only, um, yeah. which which was interesting um, to see. But nonetheless, I mean, Olympics experience is second and none. He's been to three now. Yeah. I, we also got the story on why he didn't go to Sochi. He never got the chance they wanted. Um, it was pretty interesting that the IOC wanted the host team to have their own people run it. And then they figured out that you need some expertise in some certain areas. That's where Randy came to play um, there. Now Pyeongchang and now in, uh, in Beijing and, and Vancouver, 2010, we also brought the question out to Randy 2026 comes around Milano, Italy, probably the nicest one he'll go to. If he gets called, will you go? And uh, the answer was yes. So, It'll be uh, it'll be cool to see. Hopefully, COVID, I'm assuming, will be gone by then. I don't know. Uh, I'm assuming that's dude. It's done now. This is this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, like yeah. people are wiping them. Like, dude, I'm not gonna have to show my code anymore. What the hell that is? Yeah, I'm like, knock on wood right now. Knock oh, on wood right now. Yeah, I'm knocking. <laughs> like, don't worry. Anyways. Yeah, I think I think we'll be okay. Dougie needs to keep people happy. We got an election coming up, so. Um, he's not stupid yeah um, I'm, I'm actually sad I, I missed that one too because Randy's one of my favorite guys of all time like I, I've been working with him since I started there at the Wolves and I remember every time going into the rink uh, before we actually this was probably about 5 30 for you know a 7 or 7 30 puck drop you know we'd have a, a half hour 45 minute chat with Todd Guthrie and Randy Pascal just about what's going on in the world and what they've been up to this week and how things are going and what things are going on uh, uh, with the Wolves so uh, Randy's one of the best out there I, I think he's probably interviewed all of us for Sudbury local sports too like just somebody who's dedicated um, yeah. his craft and in, in such a, a skilled writer too and he's dedicated dedicated it to local sports so awesome to get him on the pod mm-hmm. yeah and he's actually like Roberto well said because he's truly one of a kind because he literally mentioned that he's like yeah i have this crazy flight on the way back a bunch of layovers yada yada but he's like i need to get to a cubs and wolves game he's like i miss it that bad i'm like maybe take a week randy like you just you know you're gonna have well, jet lag for, your for, time changed like you wanted to be at the cubs game like this for, week well, for those of you buzzing around the cubs game thursday randy will be there fresh off uh, the olympic two days crazy from beijing yeah so crazy stuff for sure um all right off to me your performers we go tommy who's your main performance yes dude okay so a name we haven't said at all in 52 episodes and i sent you guys the twitter dm about this so 
when I was coaching the major midgets three years ago now, uh, this, this individual was playing for the North Bay majors as a, he was a minor midget, but he was playing up as for the majors. Anyways, very young, talented guy. He ended up playing uh, in the CCHL, I think. I have to correct myself. But anyways, Jack Stockfish, born in North Bay. He just committed to Holy Cross um, to play Division One hockey. So looking to get him on. Uh, I'm going to send him a DM sometime soon. But Yeah, let's get him on. Yeah, that's my main performer. Congrats, Jack, 100%. Roberto, who do you got? I can't even believe that we didn't mention it too, but the Sudbury five kicked off this season yes, um, dude. family day uh, with a big win. So they won 113 to 108 against the Windsor express. And I want to give a big shout out um, to it's my Mayhew performer, Dexter Williams, Jr. Uh, this is a guy who made the Sudbury five in our inaugural season as basically a walk-on. He was a guy who got an invite um, because, you know, he had relationships with the coach and he knew Braylon Rayson and they kind of came up together and he was basically like our 13th man, like wasn't in the lineup, was in the lineup um, and bet on himself and said, hey, listen, give me a week. Give me a couple of weeks to start off. We had a, a homestand to start, I think. And then we had a road trip right away. Basically said, you know, give me those a uh, couple of weeks and then let's make a call on me being cut. And so we ran with an extra guy and he made the squad and first game of the uh, I guess it would be technically the second season of mm-hmm. uh, this for the Subbury five. And he leads the team in scoring uh, 26 points, playing 41 minutes of the game and is now basically turned into a star, a star. So he's hooping. Uh, just he's a, hooping. Yeah, he's a, a, just an amazing guy. He's got his own clothing business on the side, too, and his own, I'd say, brand on the side, too, with Fooly clothing and Fooly music. Um, but shout out to Dex, man, a guy who bet on himself and got it. He's basically the NBL's Fred Van Vliet. He's awesome. Wow. Let, let's get him on. Let's get him Jim, on. Yeah, let's Jim. do it. Let's get him on. Shoot, shoot yeah. him a message. Let's, yeah. Let's, Let's wrap on. this. Me, this has been the best one so far. Wow, Jim, don't me. don't f it up, man. Well, I can't. I don't think I can top that. That was amazing. But yeah, Roberto, Roberto, he's on Quavo right now. Yeah, you got to give our boy Alex Ferran some. Like, talk there about following up on the BTB bump. We're like dying for the BTB bump to come through, and boom, three, boom, three, three and three. They threw him at centers, played him on the second line. I we said it from all along. I was talking to Woody about it too. He goes, you gotta put him up uh, at center, see what happens. And there you go. Guys, it's like Duncanson listened, right? To Woody. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta you gotta love it. So uh keep going, Alex. Uh, you know, you know BTB is always rooting for you, buddy. Um, and uh, and keep going uh, well on that. Dude. Um all right, let's go, guys. Corny's quiz uh, will not happen today. We do have the Corny's Q&A. So this is throwing it back to the OG days of the podcast where we get people on this to to send us questions. Before we get to them, let's talk about Corny's. They are a legendary family business serving Sudbury for over 45 years. QOP offers all things office supplies and more. They're locally driven, customer focused, and offer everyday low prices that are affordable and offer the best quality. Next day delivery is a guarantee, and you can't find that anywhere else, folks. Visit their store at 67 Elm downtown or online at www.cornies.com. Go check them out. And there you go online. You sign up to be a, a Cornies member. You can get 10% off the entire store with the code BTB10. There you go, folks. All right, Tom. Let's get some questions going here. Let's do it, dude. Noah Gascon asks... Thoughts oh, on boy. the LTIR rule in the NHL? Keep it, scrap it, or change it a bit? Ooh, 
Good question. You know what? Also, I, I think I, I'm I'm just gonna double down with Holden Eastwood asked a similar question. I mean, you okay. a little two parter for you. Should the Leafs okay. pull Tampa and place Muzzin on the LTIR and enter the playoffs, hundred million over the cap? <laughs> yes, Holden Eastwood's just because we're answering right now. Jake Muzzin, as of tonight, is on LTIR, which means a minimum of twenty four days, which is ten games for the Leafs. But so it's hard because I'm a little biased because I'm a Leafs fan and they're just using it. But I think there has to be a rule as in um, maybe half his salary gets added back to the cap and not like his full one. Like I th- there has to like it's a little bit ridiculous trying that these guys sometimes like get hurt towards the end of the year. I'm not saying anything about Muzzin because concussions are, are scary and I've had, you know, multiple of them. But it's just like now it's just like a blessing in disguise that someone got severely hurt and now it's going to benefit the team because we're like, oh, yeah, you know what? We're just going to yeah. rest you a little bit. Like, it they're all, not even caring about the health, which is, like, so Jay crazy Kucherov. about the business side. Yeah, Kucherov, too. Like, the business side of, like, NHL, and we like, always get in conversations with us with Roberto. Like, it's it's actually, like, crazy. Like, these, they don't even care about their a player on their team's health. They're like, oh, my God, Muzz, you're hurt? Let's just keep you. Like, I'm a little bit biased because, like, yeah, the Leafs just cleared $5.6 and they can add someone on the deadline. But I still think once they activate them, you know, if it's in the playoffs or regular season, I mean, regular season, their full cap's got to count. But if they enter back into the playoffs, I think there has to be some sort of salary back on their cap, like as in half, like 50%. I think that's – I don't want to scrap it completely, but – Roberto, what do you got? Uh, I think they got to keep it right now because how do you – let's say, uh, Tom, opposite way um, – Matthews is uh, breaks his leg hurt for the rest of the year out yeah. playoffs included. What do you do? Like, and now because they're so up to the cap, like, right. So I think from, with, from a with, rule perspective, I think they leave it as is because in theory, it's a great rule. I think the issue is enforcement, which yes. is what a lot of people argue is that, you know, was Kucherov actually hurt for X number of time? Like now uh, they look at you, look at the Vegas situation with Mark Stone. Like is Mark Stone actually going to be out long-term or does it just make sense because they really need to put Eichel on the books? And the only option is they would have to trade somebody else away. Dadanoff. I don't know who else they can get rid of serious cap it um, mm-hmm. from. So I think it's just maybe an enforcement uh, type thing of ensuring that the guys who are actually going on LTIR are injured at the time and that there's, there's regular check-ins at that point. I think that's really the one change potentially to be made. Um, And I, I I don't know if they're actually doing that right now. And and from a fan perspective, we just see, okay, Kutra's on LTIR again, what's going on or stone goes on. It's a coincidence. So anyways, yeah, I think the rules is fine right now as is. Here's my take guys. Give it to me, man. I want to say one more thing. NHL, get off your wallet, luxury tax. Let the big boys pay the big money. No, dude. Let the big boys pay the big money. And if you want to put these teams together, put them together. This is where we're headed, Tom. Why? Why? Why not, why? Tom? I know. I, you know what's crazy, Jim? Instead you brought this com- up. I had this conversation com- with my dad tonight. If there was no salary cap, the lease would have like. Because I'm like, oh, my God, Miro Heiskanen, because I was watching the Dallas game. Like, could you imagine him in a Leafs jersey? And my dad's like, well, if there was no salary cap, they would just buy everybody. I'm like, yeah, but, like, and then and then they'd probably still lose, and then I'd be even, like, 
more heartbroken that they have all these top end players mm-hmm. and they still lose. Like, but I think the, the league's, com- one the league's competitive though, LTIR. dude. Hey? Yeah, but, but the, I think look the- at the NBA, man. Like, is it is it that bad? Like, at NBA on a random given night, theoretically, any team can beat any team. Like, even the super teams as you get into the playoffs too. So I look at also, I mean, the baseball factor, I don't necessarily know if that's as competitive. And the mm. one thing that I will say from a luxury tax perspective is that if it doesn't help parity, what it will help is getting rid of the owners who can't actually afford to be an NHL owner You're right. in terms of uh, uh, cash liquidity. Um, you know, <laughs> won't mention names, but Canada's capital, Arizona, like it's going to flush those owners out and you can actually get some people with capital and with investment into those areas. So I think it's actually a benefit to the league long term. Um, but obviously the owners don't want it. It's more money out of their pockets. Um, I think players would love it. I just think the NHL has too strong of a hold until there's yeah. another solid uh, B league in North America. It'll never happen. Yeah, I just think the league's too competitive, Jen. Like that's a great or, point. Or, or you designate so much of the luxury tax to three players, like you know Matthews. You, 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 you can pay a luxury tax on three players. You designate three players to do that. You know, on Matthews, Martin, you designate cash to that. Those camp friendly guys would have a jammer. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think instead of where you got to throw guys on the LTR IR, people are paying their hard earned money to go watch these guys play if they're actually not hurt then let them play. You know what I mean? But, I, but I think we don't know. A... I, I, I honestly also think you got to be someone or maybe like Kudrov, Dude, they, they are hurt. Like there's Kudrov no... was definitely like, like hurt. Maybe he was ready to come back, but the rest. What's another 10 days, less, two weeks, you know, month, exactly, right, Jim? Right. But that's why I just think, you know. You, great you, question though. Look at Noah Gascon making us talk for the next 15 minutes here. Also, Roberto, great point uh, that you mentioned about owners that can't. Like Arizona going to a 5,000 seat arena. I'll tell you this. It, yeah. If they can't sell out 5,000 seats, that you have to move the team. I think they will. And I think they're going to get lucky just because it's on, it's going to be with ASU. So all the college kids are going to go watch. But, but if you move them out, if you move them out to that brand new arena, are they making a brand new arena? I Is that? No, there's they're no plan. Brain, they're renovating it. Yeah, yeah, but it. but Jim, five thousand people. Think think of the prices. A student's not going to want to pay that. You, like, you got you got a great point there. Too. The ticket so, the ticket for seats are going to be ridiculous. Like, ex- not ridiculous. But the, but the Arizona, expectation. But. The expectation. I I don't know if ticket seats are going to be like Florida. You can go to game. Florida is a great you're best right. team in the league. You go to a game for like sixty bucks. Yeah, but, you're right. But, but their stadium is bigger, right? I don't know. But if if Arizona cannot sell a five, the expectation is you have to sell out five thousand seats the entire year. That's like I don't care how bad or good you are. You're an NHL team. You need to be able to have at least five thousand people in your arena. It doesn't make sense. So that uh, you know we're going off the rails here. But that that is an absolute joke. Like. It's just they're fighting it, fighting it, fighting it to keep like you look at look at all these teams that are in hot areas other than Tampa and Florida, Atlanta, they're gone, right? They've had two cracks at it now with the Flames and the Thrashers. Now you got um, you know, California Golden Seals, look at where they are, gone, right? Now you have Arizona. Good point. You got, you got Quebec, 
dying for an NHL team with a brand spanking new arena that is, you know, and if it's not Quebec, I don't know, maybe you go to Texas. I don't know. Uh, but that's mm-hmm. a hot area too. I don't know. I think Canada needs another team. And I don't know if Quebec would be the spot, but to me, that's the best market for it. But that's just my yeah. take. I, I, I just don't think, like, imagine we're going to be watching an NHL game with 5,000 people in arena. No. And that's the South less, th- less than most. South yeah, less than most OHL teams, the too, South which the is the crazy thing. So, the I just did a quick. Of, yeah. Sorry, no, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, Robert. I think you're going to say exactly what I'm going to say. Go ahead. No, okay. I was just, I just did a quick stat check here, too. So in 2019 20, average ticket price for the Coyotes was about $50. Put them at second and last in the NHL. Their capacity at Gila River Arena is about 18,000 and change. So for argument's sake, let's say 20,000 people max. If they're now dividing that by like, a fourth. So now they're only going to be able to have 5,000 people. They're going to have to multiply that, that average ticket price theoretically by four to be at the same level financially as they were. Let's not mention the fact that there are no suites in ASU and that's a large percentage of a team's revenue for those who don't know it, it, the suite revenue for NHL teams uh, doesn't uh, go into hockey-related revenue, which is then split between owners and players and so on and so forth. That's where you know a lot of the teams make their bread and butter. Right now, ASU Arena doesn't have that, so the Coyotes got to put that in or forfeit a lot of that revenue. You know, their average ticket price would have to be somewhere around the two hundred dollar mark, which is substantially more than what the Leafs or the Rangers are at for their average ticket price in 2019-20, which is about $120. So from a, a modeling at a very, very high level, this, this arena makes zero sense. <laughs> like at some point they got to pull the plug. Like they've made the investment in Arizona and it's it's great. You've got Austin Matthews, but if you don't have an arena to put these whoa, guys in, like Chim, you whoa, said whoa. like enough's enough. Like just move the team. Like so why any, are you so any other league? Any other league, when yeah. they start failing, they start moving. Yes. Vegas, well said. look at look at the NFL. They went to LA, two teams they sent two teams to LA. Well, they're not Vegas. stupid moving their team to Vegas. Jesus. 100 percent 100 percent I think you start looking at making the, you know, or you go but, to Vegas again, you make another Vegas team. But or you make maybe, another Toronto team. I don't know. And it, and it's 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 so sad that I'm thinking about this, but maybe Arizona's gonna be all in on Austin Matthews, and I mean like 17, 18 sheets, and they don't even care. Like he will provide you fans in this stadium. Like, and by then, in three years, when his contract's done, their new arena will be renovated. This and that. Like, I'm I'm a little bit worried as a Leafs fan because I don't know if Toronto's gonna be able to match that contract that they're gonna offer him. So let's hope Dubas can get that done before he hits free agency. Okay, guys. So I'm just reading up on this. So they are set to play. It starts next year. They are set to play at this multi-purpose stadium through 2024-25 and an option to play in 25-26. So we're talking about four, maybe five years of a team playing in a 5,000-seat arena. This is the NHL. This is the NHL that we're over here. It's it's embarrassing. Um, it's just crazy. Okay, guys. So if it wasn't Quebec, 
if you had to pick another spot in Canada, where would you put, not Quebec, where would you put uh, these and uh, these Arizona Coyotes? I would go, and this might be controversial, and it will not happen because of the uh, territory, but I would go northern Toronto. Oh, so, I was going to say that. So, sorry, nothing crazy far out there, but like, maybe a Mississauga or like not basically not downtown, but in the suburb. Um, and so Did your you population density is still super high out there. Oh, it'd be amazing. But again, it would never happen because of the, um, uh, the control that they have um, like the geographical marketing and, and control that yeah. each team has in their areas. But I think that'd be nasty. Cool. Tom? Like I was going to, I was going to say something similar, but now I'm thinking of other places. I don't know, Jim. Maybe in the states where you like uh, Saskatoon was. Is that I've heard Saskatoon been bumped bumped around. Yeah, no NHL players want to go there, but dude, I'm sorry. So w- where else would you go in the states? Maybe let's say Houston. Oh yeah. that's that's the where the talk has been, right? Population density wise, every other pro team and has apparently multiple Houston's in there. Gorgeous, like a oh, gorgeous yeah, city. It's, it's yeah, fantastic, it's city. and it's a big sports sports place too so yeah yeah never know okay boys that's just good and this is according to uh q a right here that was the first question so let's keep moving on let's keep going evan mclean says as the biggest podcast in northern ontario i I like the sounds of that i think we self-proclaimed that but you know if people are saying that i'm not hating it um how do you plan to grow and compete that's a great question uh grow and compete yeah so i think I think for us, I think we've talked about spanning out and, and trying to get more than just Sudbury people, which we're trying to do. Um, we got a couple contacts in, in Northern Ontario cities to talk to. But at one point, depends on how long we go for, we're going to have to, you know, start reaching out to, you know, just people, um, not just from Northern Ontario. But obviously our base will always be, be Northern Ontario, but we will uh, – I think it's a long way before it gets to that point because there are just there's a ton of people to talk to uh, mm. from Ontario. I think that's a good point, Jim. Um, and stay tuned for the coming weeks from a guest outside of Sudbury. We'll leave it at that, right, Jim? We'll leave it there at you that. Go. Okay. Um, oh, sorry. sorry no, no. I was gonna say there. like just to add on quickly with you. Oh, as in doing coverage of more events. You guys did a really good job with the ID invite this year, like stuff like that. Maybe we the blind river tournament that's like really popular for the two man. Like since I want to be going back this year and do more coverage of that, like golf related hockey related, maybe, um, you know, we show up to one every four wolves games and we're doing in-person interviews with those guys. Like, I think that would be one way to grow. Um, and obviously, you know, new addition to sponsors here and there as well. So I'm, I'm curious to see EDC. Our man EDC's thoughts on this. Okay, easy there. Um, I think from a growth perspective and a brand perspective, I think something we've always talked about is growing to more than just the podcast. Um, Especially right now, we're basically a single uh, platform in terms of, you know, your your, uh, podcast audio, essentially. But we've always talked about growing out to video from a brand partnership perspective. I think that's the next big step to us is actually creating some value to brands up in Northern Ontario too, who have always wanted to get to that, 
uh, niche young group of, you know, 18 to 25 year old student athletes, young professionals that are, are really passionate about their communities. I think we have that as an, as an audience. And obviously we want to uh, increase that audience too, or grow that audience. But I think that's the next step for us is creating some value. And, and as we do that, um, we're going to exponentially grow as well. So, um, in our side conversations, we always talk about potentially turning into, you know, more of a marketing type group where we can offer, uh, again, more than just the audio, there's the video, uh, there's the community component too. And I think we're, we're starting to see uh, the basic level of that Yeah, website coming soon. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I think the next year is, is going to be a challenging one for us, but a good challenge too, of mm-hmm. trying to manage, uh, getting out more into the community and also increasing our, our growth, not just we've, I think we've done a great job of growing in Sudbury, but uh, the North is, is a lot more than Sudbury too. Mm-hmm. Like great point. Good stuff. Um, all right. Next question. Probably the last question, because we're going a little bit long here. We'll save everyone else's questions uh, for next time. Um, Austin Benj asks, Chim uh, versus Tommy, who's benching more? Bench press. That's what I'm assuming is, is bench Jim. press. I'll let you answer first. So here's here's the deal. Obviously, Tom works out. I am uh, obviously not in the gym, uh, you know, uh, remotely close to as Tom is not not at all, uh, which mm-hmm. I definitely need to uh, revisit and, and get back in there. But I think if you gave me some time, I think I could yeah. catch up to Tommy. I yeah. think I would say I I. If if you gave me a few reps, a couple of warm-up reps, cold turkey, I could get close. I, I could tell you right now, I could still put a plate up, I think. No, no oh, problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know for can. how many reps. I don't know what what's your what's your PR right now, Tom? Oh my god, I don't even know the exact pounds, but is it two plates? No. I can do okay. a plate. I can do a plate and like 35. Like I could okay. do a plate and 25 for like my workout, like five sets of like three or four or whatever. Okay. All right. But like, yeah. I haven't done, I haven't done two plates. No. And I don't think I'm like, maybe that's my goal, but like, I'm not training to be like huge like that. I just train to like, feel good and, you know, maybe look good once in a while, but it's not once like in a while. Yeah. Once in a while, but no, that's a good question. I would definitely out squat you though, Jim. Like just, I, I think your short arms help on, you though. You, I remember I'm working out with you. Tom, you gotta remember, I'm on a, a new ACL, so watch out. <laughs> and I'm on a watch new a... Tiger Woods back. No, I'm kidding, yeah. not comparable. Roberto, what's uh, what's uh, your PR in the gym, buddy? The, the uh, not, I don't know, maybe two plates on either side. And this is yeah. me on non uh, prime physical shape at the moment. <laughs> um, shout out, talk about free ad February. Shout out to my gym here in Ottawa. Uh, bodies by Phil. He's been going through a heck of a lot with the convoy downtown. He's right downtown too. So he's basically been inaccessible by vehicle for three weeks. Finally just opened. I think it was two days ago uh, wow. to car, which is awesome. Um, but uh, he had me in great shape uh, right before I tore my him? ACL. Yeah. Were you training with yeah. him? Nice. Nice dude. Yeah, I was trying. Well, not one-on-one, but a small kind of group classes there too. So anyways, yeah, yeah. excited to get back once it's ACL heals itself as well. So then uh, two out of the four, I guess 50% of us will have a uh, brand new ACLs on this podcast and ready. I think we should do a content piece guys, a bench content piece. I personally think if we get Tim in a routine for a month, he would out bench you Tom, like no questions asked, like not even like, I'm a little worried. Not, 
Uh, yeah, I know, Jim, I, I know, Jim. You have it with you, and I know you're strong from like the moments I, or the times I worked out with you at Jacklin's. Like, I, I know you're like, dude. It's crazy, Roberto, because tell his, John, like, oh, I'm coming, Tom. Tell John, oh, I'm coming. Yeah, you want it? Like, you can come train with me, dude. 100%. Tell, tell he would John, love. I'm coming. Yeah, he would like. He makes me look like Zach Efron. That's pretty hard to do. Like. <laughs> All right, well, okay, okay, let's Hi. relax. Zach Dude, you have a better you have a better nose than Efron. Let's let's. Thanks, dude. That's yeah. the first time you complimented my nose. Your your nose is like chiseled by a Greek god. I told you that, Tom. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, that's that. That's good. I, I box a lot though. Quiz. Jim, are I, you can into we spar? Yeah, no, I want to ask you because I know you started doing it over the Christmas break. Like you got into yoga too, eh? Big yoga guy, guys. Like. And you know, if did that sitting, like help? As in, like I know you got sore, but like, did you feel like? Oh yeah, like, like better. You just feel good. And okay. If you're at a job or you know you're in school, you're you're sitting like way too much out of it. Oh, like, I can't wait to be out of school. I can't wait to be like teaching where you're standing. You're teaching. <laughs> I like, you were gonna say, I can't wait to be retired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait for that too. I'll be golf. I thought you were saying that one. But uh, um, but yoga is great for your back for just everything. You're not tight. It's just yeah. nice. Um, but yeah, um, that's going to do it for the Kearney's Q&A. So great questions from everybody. There, there are some other questions. We'll save them. Um, on to We Missed It. So I threw this in midway through the episode. Roberto did cover it, but the Sudbury 5 starting was not in our weekly lift. And as a Northern Ontario podcast, we definitely missed that. Um, but Roberto did did uh, get, get us on the, on the media performance. Um, and and they kick it off with a W, like you mentioned. Um, so great start uh, for the five. Wagon, question mark. I mean, we're one game in. We'll see what happens. We'll definitely have to go to uh, a five game as, uh, as a team. The last time I was at a five game, I saw Roberto mm-hmm. running around sweating with a tray in his hand, <laughs> with a notepad in his back so, pocket. What, well, what wasn't he doing? Guys, another guy we got to get on the podcast uh, who used to talk um, – like basically like announced during a game. I don't know. Like he had a, his own special role. Was Robert Esme. And if you don't know who Robert Esme is, uh, this guy talk about Olympics on the greatest relay team ever assembled by Canada. Um, him, Chris Cacciotti. I don't know if you know him, Roberto. He's like the new yeah, voice. Yeah, Chris is a good buddy. He's mine too. Yeah, yeah. He's the new voice of the Subway five. So I liked that they're taking local guys um local people that are doing great stuff um so uh i mean you gotta love the five you gotta love everything about it so uh it's it's good stuff anything else on we missed it boys yeah i gotta do the ad read buddy oh i see like it seems like we almost missed that every time yeah it's because we have roberto on now yeah. just yeah okay instant reminder instant just missing okay let me talk about this company this company specializes in comfortable and affordable streetwear. Not to mention, Roberto Bagnato, the founder of this company, is now a part of Behind the Bench. Just Missing helps bring awareness to youth mental illness with the brand's Not Alone line, raising funds for organizations, providing mental health resources to youth in Ottawa and soon to be in Sudbury. Visit their website to check them out at www.justmissing.com or check them out on their Instagram page at Just missing when you do purchase just missing led by the man himself roberto bagnato has set up our btb fans and listeners up with a promo code at checkout type in the promo code btb20 that is btb20 for 20 percent off 
all apparel. A deal you can't beat for already affordable clothing. And obviously big thanks to Roberto who started the company in the first place and for putting together our ideas since day one from the hoodies to the junkyard dog tees, BTB X missing to the what, Chim? To the moon. Oh my God. Thank you. Good stuff. That was a uh, dynamite ad read. Yeah, good job. Good read, boys. Yeah, Thanks, well man. done. Um, all right, boys. So I think that's going to do it for uh, the Oh, episode. we're not going to talk about the hockey pool? Oh, my God, Tom. Talk about Thank you, dude. Because, like, the chief, 14 wow. and a half, Max Whitehead, was like, tonight in the sauna at the Ottawa, he goes, you guys got to talk about it tonight? And they said, what wow. What do we got to talk about? And he's like, I would have totally missed it. Yeah. Um, okay, guys. Yes. He lost, big dude. He's news, done. Big news. The reign of the North Korea. I think I'm back to plus minus one. Uh, that was has, a that was yeah, a huge job, goal. Tom. Has definitely um it, it's it's come to an end the undefeated run that is of Max Whitehead 15 and one. Uh now that is that's gonna it's not like Floyd Mayweather 50 and all 15 and one now. Um for him. Let's go through uh, last week's matchups here and see who took him down. And it was Brett Jacklin by 0.7 of a point. Yeah, point seven. <coughs> sorry, 0. 0.70. 0. 0.70 of a point. That's got to hurt for Whitey. Uh, the Greek freak did beat uh, Drew. That's Tommy. Um, Meg did lose to Polly V. Uh, Greener beat the insider. Cole lost to Just Missing. Um, and Mackie lost to uh, Calvin. And Calvin with two W's on the year. Let's go, Cal. Who did, who did uh, you play? I was just getting there, Tom. Sorry. I did lose to Mason. Um, oh, okay. Spanked. When Not great. When we're talking about uh, comeback players of the year, Mason, as he's got he's, me this week. He's as, done as he's been calling it like he could make the playoffs. And if he makes the playoffs, playoffs. he could be could be the comeback player of the year. So can't even win a game. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But to run through the records, you got Max Whitehead at 15 and one, uh, Roberto 13 and three, Tommy 13 and three, myself, Greener, Polly, Brett, nine wow. and seven. There's just the middle of the cage pack match. Just, cage yeah, match. Yeah, the middle of the pack is just tight. The insider and in solo eight at eight and eight. Uh, Cole McKay seven and nine. Mason and Giroux six and ten. Mackie four and twelve. And Meg and Calvin at two and fourteen. Meg, Meg's a disgrace. She's not gonna be happy when she hears that talk. Yeah, it's okay. She was very good last year. Just I don't know what what's going on. She needs Guido. Uh, unless Guido has taken over the team and it's just been getting worse, I don't know what, what's happening there. Um, just but, give Mikey uh, Magari the, the login for the app. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, see what happens there. But anyways, uh, that is the BTB Hockey Pool. And now, now I think we're good to go. We can did say, I miss anything else? We can say goodbye to each other. No, I don't think okay. you did, dude. All right. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Tom, for that call. All right, everyone. Listen, it's another wild episode. Thank you to Randy for coming on. Uh, episode 52 of Behind the Bench comes to a wrap. We'll see you next week for 53. Um, take care. Stay safe out there. And uh, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon, whether that's in the rink, in the city, or on the podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.